It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Drew Yari Show. Thursday, uh, April 9th, it's uh, 3 p.m. Central Time, uh, 6 p.m., 6.03 p.m. if you're on the East Coast. Uh, another edition of my podcast, the Drew Yari Show, I'm Yari, and with me is my special guest, uh, Mr. Devin Kessel. Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you for coming on. So, oh, yeah. uh, no. so how how you feeling, man? I've had final moments, but I'm doing all right. I mean, I'm probably in the, the best kind of mood for someone who's probably up up against the wall. But a lot of people, it's not like I'm happy because, oh, a lot of people are in my position. But I'm trying to be uh, a lot different than a lot of other people and be a little bit more positive or kind of look at the light at the end of the tunnel or try to find light at the end of the tunnel. Because I can't, I, I'm just, I refuse to be miserable or let anybody make me be miserable. Uh, that includes from any aspect of my life from my club business to the show, to the podcast, to, uh, the fans, friends, and no one's been great to me. Don't even get me wrong. If anything, uh, people have actually made me, uh, see the, the, the goodness in people during situations like this. So actually I'm blessed because I have a lot of people who are mm-hmm. looking out for me, checking off me, my rings constantly throughout the day, uh, which is awesome, you know, which kind of shows that I'm right by a lot of people. Because if I wasn't getting messages or phone calls, I would have to take a good look at myself and say, boy, how did I treat people that they're not looking out for me during this problem? But um, that's the one blessing, I think, is that uh, seeing who uh, the friends are and everything, guys, even like yourself, who write me, see how I'm doing. Even when I was on the show like 10 minutes late the other day, I had 60 messages asking, <laughs> you all right? Um, so, I mean, but that's but – that's, but, but, and actually my power – Continue to go out. I'm having, uh, I hope it, knock on wood, it doesn't happen here tonight, but Fios Verizon in my area of Queens is going on this side of Queens constantly because I guess uh, actually what the rep told me when I got her on the phone, I actually got somebody on the phone early today that uh, they're having a power grid problem because of the overwhelming amount of people using home stuff now and everybody's shutting in indoors. They're, they're getting overwhelmed the system. So that's why we have some outages lately. So 
unfortunately, that's what's going on. Again, long story short, I'm doing as good as uh, can be in the situation, just trying to keep a positive outlook as best I can. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's that's what I want to hear. I'm, I'm glad you're you're you know doing what you can to be positive. Um, I don't I don't want to put your business out there, but you know, and I think you already kind of talked about it where okay. you, you had like you sure. kind of had you kind of had a your home not too long ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so well, yeah. Monday, I had a a problem, just a medical problem. Yeah, I mean, but uh, I, I mean, I'll attribute that to the stress and stuff, and maybe because I've been kind of um, uh, repressing it a little bit to try to be positive. I think after a while, um, what happens with me is that, and I don't mind being the shoulder of people to lean on and talk to. I'm I'm that for uh, the club business, big time. But I think after a while, uh, um, Sunday into Monday. Uh, getting, you know, so many, you know, the WrestleMania show was great. We did the, the WrestleMania show, had a good time. We had a good show. We had a good show. Um, after I got off that show that night, I had a, a series of email people trying to reach me, not realizing I'm doing WrestleMania. You know what I mean? I was busy. So I let a lot of messages go by the wayside and people would might miss calls on my phone during like 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. I was wondering what was going on. It was just people from my job, you know, kind of reaching out to me, seeing what was going on. You know, it's been three weeks now. When do you think we're going back to work? And just, again, I talked to a bunch of people, went to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I woke up. I thought I was having a stroke. I mean, literally, I woke up. I, I, I was uh, kind of kind of fucked up. Was, is there something wrong with your sound? Oh, your, your sound? No, no, no. Your, your end, I'm hearing, like, banging or something like that. Um... Okay, yeah. Sean said we're both good. Okay. I don't know. It's possible that uh, I think my sister in law might have closed the door. I don't know, but okay, yeah, I'm hearing something picked up on the mic in the back. Anyway, so uh, I, long story short, I I had like some sort of episode. I actually thought like I was having like a real medical emergency. I think it turned out more to be uh, um, like a uh, anxiety or a panic attack or something. But it was a long one. It was like one that lasted like uh, for a little while in the morning. And, uh, you know, uh, the last thing you want to do in New York, right, is go to a hospital or call uh, emergency services. So I had to kind of ride it out. I talked to a friend of mine who's uh, in nursing, and she kind of guided me through. Um, but I'm okay now. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling as good as can, can feel. But, yeah, Monday was a little scary. I think I felt just overwhelmed from uh, a lot of stuff that was going on. Yeah, again, dude, I'm glad, I'm glad you're still here. I mean, uh, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad it... I mean, anxiety attacks, you know, are no joke either. You know, they're they're pretty serious. But yeah. you know, and and I've had them before. I've you know, I've been having them a lot recently. You know, in my you know, my adulthood. Um, but again, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're okay. Um, you know, so we can, uh, you know, so we can talk. So we can have that boneyard match between you and Trez. Yeah, I know. I'm. Uh, uh, you know, I'm a little bit older. I mean, I can. She's kind of like the AJ Styles in this. I can picture her calling me old man, which she calls me already. Uh, so uh, it's it's clear who's here and who's Jay in that feud. Uh, it's pretty crystal clear. Um, but, uh, uh, but you know, it was funny. She told me Drew that you were actually going to be her Carl Anderson. So I found that interesting. Uh, so, so. so who would be Luke Gallows? <laughs> I, I I don't know. Maybe Sean could be Luke Gallows. Look at Sean as Luke Gallows. Uh, uh, I, 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 I already muted you, so you're good. So, okay, there you go. But, um, yeah, th- that's what I think I was hearing. I think somebody wasn't muted or something. But um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, me and Trez had the show the other day, and again, I was late because I thought actually I thought what was my computer actually turned out to be a, a service problem, 
and that happened to me again on the chat. So happened a couple of times, but uh, hopefully, knock on wood, nothing goes out again. It's been going out uh, last two days, uh, intermittent. So, uh, what did you? I think I'm a, I saw what you posted, but like, you know, about the mm-hmm. you know the Dark Side of the Ring documentary last night about the about the brawl for all. Like, what, what were your overall right. thoughts of it? Uh, that that particular episode, or are you talking about the series? Well, well, I mean, well, we can talk about the whole series, but um, uh, just that particular episode first. Uh, I liked it. I mean, I thought it was really good. I mean, I'll watch anything with Jim Jim Cornette. Um, and Vince, Vince, one thing I took away from that is, but again, you have to watch the whole thing through. If I stopped watching that like five minutes before it ended, I would have thought Vince Russo was the biggest dick bag I've ever seen in my life because he was really indifferent to the fact of, you know, trying to get even with JBL. He sacrificed a lot of guys on the roster just as a ha-ha on JBL, and that's that's cool. But Vince Russo said at the end of it, if you stuck around to the very end, you heard him say that, it, yeah, it, it wasn't good, and, uh, yeah, I realized people got hurt and uh was not a good idea and we probably never should have did it. So he kind of, you know, changed his mind, I guess, towards the end. But if you stopped watching that and didn't watch that last part, you would have walked away with a very – incredibly bad impression of Vince Russo and a very good impression of Jim Cornette uh, because Jim was looking out for the boys where Vince thought the boys were something for his comedy relief, punching each other in the face at his amusement, which I found very offensive. Um, just even as a fan, uh, I, I, again, when I was watching, I said, but this is really a bad picture painting of Vince Russo. Uh, and he, it's only going to get worse for him, I think. But at the very end, two minutes to go off the air, uh, Vince Russo goes, yeah, you know, I kind of feel bad, and I don't know if you saw the whole thing, but they, and I don't know if I don't know if Dark Side of the Ring guys, Evan and and his partner there, did that on purpose because they are buddies with Jim. I'm not saying being unprofessional and they set up Vince Russo, but I can say that Vince Russo did not look good in that documentary, and I am far from the only one saying that. And the way it was set up, it looked like uh, you better watch the whole thing through, or you're gonna. I mean, I'm sure Vince Russo got some serious hate mail from that documentary of laughing as people were getting hurt in there because it wasn't funny. And again, Dr. Death Steve Williams was never the same. A lot of those guys were, were never the same in the business. Bart Gunn, a lot of those guys' lives were almost ruined. So it's like, and him sitting back and going, well, at least I got even with Bradshaw. That's, it was just something really wrong with that. I don't know if you found that to be the case. Yeah, I, I agree with you because like for the biggest part of the, of the show, you – yeah, Vince Russo just did not look good because you, you had guys like J- Jr. and you know Cornette and well not Bruce Pritchard because you know they just had like audio of him and I forget who else um, where they were just talking about you know this thing might have been probably the worst thing to happen in wrestling in their in what they were saying and right. you know it hurt a lot of guys that, you know shortened careers while this is going on you know Vince Russo's like you know I, I don't see what the problem is you know I. I find it enjoyable. And then, you know, again, like at the very end, he's like, you know what? You know, I really should just let this go. Like, I really, yeah. you know, I fucked up a lot of careers just because I wanted to see some guy get his ass beat. And again, you know, Vince Russo kind of, you know, redeemed himself at the end. And like you said, you know, the guys, the creators who are, you know, friends with Jim, I, I don't. I don't know. It doesn't seem like something they would do because they seem like, you know, pretty like upstanding guys. I don't think they would purposely make someone look bad just to make their friend happy. Um, I just, no, but I just, you can kind of see, you can kind of see how it looked that way. No, 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 I totally get that. I totally get that. But I think it was more just like, it was just a coincidence. Just 
it looked. I think it was more just like Vince Russo is Vince Russo. You know, Vince looks at wrestling in a in a much different way. He looks at wrestling as like yeah. I like it, but I can acknowledge that it's fake. Whereas Jim Cornette, you know, he thinks of wrestling as almost his child. He has yeah. to he has to protect it at all costs and make sure nobody hurts it. You know, with you know Vince Russo. Again, I just think it was a coincidence how they made him look. I just I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think those guys would purposely make Vince Russo look bad. But um, go ahead. Yeah, I have no evidence of of either way. But I just again from the perspective of just kind of having uh, I guess. Uh, uh, what do you call it? just uh, oh, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, which I'm not really, but I always kind of like from a street smart level, I'm like, God, oh, that was interesting how they kind of had to did that. Jim looked good, Vince looked bad, and you better have stuck around to the very last 60 seconds of it, or you would have really thought Vince Russo was a dick. But even what he said at the end, I mean, I guess is that redeeming, saying, ah, I guess in a way I feel bad. I don't know if that's even redeeming himself because he kind of said it was a snarky smile on his face. Um, I, again, people judge people for being sorry based on how you're apologetic, how your demeanor is, how you come across. Um, I, I think people uh, like or root for people based on people they feel they can relate to or that they can trust at least, or this guy's like me. He has like morals like me, or he has an ethic or a co-broco like I do. Like, and that's how people flock to other people, disingenuous people, some disingenuous people in podcasting, honestly. And I think that's why they don't really have, uh, you know, they call it a fan base, but they never have a friend base because in real life, some of these people wouldn't want to be around them. And I think, unfortunately, Vince Russo's, I'm here. He's a nice guy. I mean, again, I never met the man, even though he's from New York. It doesn't really mean like we have some sort of tie. We're both Italian. We're both Catholic. We're both from New York. That's where it ends. I don't, I don't know if I, I'd much rather meet Jim and hang around Jim, who's this Southern guy, anti-religion, anti, anti-conservative and stuff. Uh, we wouldn't, might not have a lot in common, but I feel as far as being diehard wrestling fans, me and I can have a much better conversation with Jim. So I think Vince really re- resents the business. What Jim loves it, you know what I mean? So and I love wrestling. I don't resent wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, you know that's, that's I've actually never heard it said that way. You know, when it comes to Jim and uh, Vince, that yeah, that mm-hmm. does really make sense. Um, I don't know. Personally, I just imagine what would what would an interaction between Jim Corden and Don Tony like? Oh, good Lord. But between Jim Cornette and Don Tony? Yes. Oh, I don't know. I, I, well, I thought that he would be good with Vince Russo. I mean, that I mean that was supposed to happen, I think, a year ago. It just never happened. I don't know why it didn't happen. I wasn't really in on that. Um, but um, a lot of things don't happen for, for us when we plan stuff uh, for, for whatever means uh, or re- rhyme or reason. It's just part of podcasting. But um, I don't know. I don't know how, uh, you know, listen, Anthony is a lot of things that Jim Cornette would hate, to be honest with you. Anthony's a conservative. He's a Republican. He's a Trump supporter. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how that would go. I don't know if Jim would want to talk to him if he found out about stuff about that. Jim has deleted people and blocked people because of stuff like that, um, which I think is a little ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I'm not a political person, Joe. You see me. You've been mm-hmm. pretty friendly with me for a while now. Very rare. Once in a blue moon, I'll pop, once in a blue moon, I will pop, maybe once a year, twice a year tops, where I'll just post something because I just thought it was so ridiculous or something so disingenuous on either side of the political fence. And I'll just go there for a minute, but I don't stay there very long. And then I go right back to wrestling and I go right back to just ha-ha's on, my, on myself, you know, more than clowning others. I can make fun of myself as much as anybody else. In politics, you know, just they 
they kind of make it kind of sounds like a weird way to say it. They kind of make my head hurt because it sh- it just seems like it's the same people talking about the same thing and they don't get anything solved. You know what I mean? Nah. Yeah. It's sh- it's just I I kind of washed my hands from politics a while back because it's you know became a thing of like no matter who you try to root for, there's always going to be the one person that says, "Well, you don't know enough," and then and I just kind of just like. Just like put my hands up, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I, I'm good. I don't have a dog in this fight. And it's not to say that I don't care about the country. I, I do care about the country, you know, and I do care about who's running it. But you know, at the moment, it's just it's just become an issue to where it's just like who who just who seems like they're really going to run this country better. Well, that's really what it's all about. And also, um, here's the thing. It doesn't. People can pipe dream all they want and do fantasy booking, so to speak. With if Obama was president now, this would be so different. If if Ronald Reagan was president now, what would you know? What it would be the same clusterfuck that it is because Americans were not prepared to alter their lives and change their game and take dip into their savings and deplete their reserve on a moment's notice because of pandemic. And even if they were warned in November or December, that's all well and good. But guess what? Americans wouldn't have taken it seriously anyway, Drew, even if they screamed it from the rooftops, because we would have had to see proof positive that this was real. We reacted to anything. And guess what? Come March, that's when we saw the reality of it. January, February, I can promise you that nobody in New York was talking about Oh, this pandemic. Everyone started talking about it in March when the shit went down. In January, February, nobody was talking about it. And I'm a guy who's out in the clubs. I'm out at night at New York night like a goddamn person was talking about it. So I don't care what they knew in November. We didn't know shit till March. You know what I mean? Yeah, when did, like, like I guess I kind of did because, like, this whole pandemic, I think, was kind of dormant sometime around February, if I can recall. And then in March right. is when it became more president. Am I still word right? President. Um, uh, prevalent. 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 There you go. Thank you. Um, these are tough times. I mean, I, I, that's the understatement of the year. These are tough times. Um, you know, and I don't mean to sound like I'm being dramatic or overly dramatic, but it's just my no, my, my, heart, my heart my heart hurts when I hear people like you. You know, someone who's my friend. And, you know, they're going through these tough times or, you know, someone like John is going through a tough time or no. just anyone in general. Um, you know, if, and this is kind of like, you know, going off topic, but I'm still on topic. You know, my sure. my parents, their next door neighbor has COVID. Oh, wow. And they're apparently not doing so well. And, oh, no. you know, you know, there was kind of like that, not paranoia, but, you know, as soon as I let it sink in, I just, you know, started freaking out. I just. Tell my mom, whatever you do, just stay away from everybody. Just don't have any contact with anyone. Uh, you know, I'm t- yeah. telling my dad the same thing, you know, because, you know, I had Joe Numbers on the show last week. And, you know, we were talking about this. I had told him it's kind of one of those things where it made me open my eyes a little bit more. And he he kind of responded in a joking way. It's like this open like this had to open your eyes. And I'm like, well, it was yeah. kind of one of those things where. I knew about it, but I didn't know how to react to it. And now that right. it's become a situation where it's around two people that you care about and love, you of start course. to become a lot more, I don't want to say paranoid, but more alert. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. start and you start to do a routine that you're not used to and that you hate, yeah. but you have to do it. 
Exactly. I mean, you know, no one is even the the survivalist or the people who are uh, the doom and gloomers or the prep the war uh, pre and post war preppers who have uh, basements. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli? I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's filled with uh, guns, ammo, and and tons of rice and beans and all these different things they can have if, in case anything goes down. I mean, back in my day in uh, the 80s and stuff, there was the threat of uh, nuclear war with Russia and stuff like that. And then the 90s hit, they, they took the wall down and uh, and Russia became more friendly with the United States. And now R- Russia, again, we're kind of at crosshairs a little bit with them. But the threat back in the, you know, and they even had the Rocky movie, Rocky versus the Russian. That theme was very successful because guess what? There was that animosity. Now they say it's like that again today. But now uh, people worry about China and they worry about these other superpowers, as we call them, you know, USA, China, and Russia, the three biggest superpowers that there are. And it always seems that we're in crosshairs with China and Russia. And China and Russia will probably team up and go after us in, in some sort of, it was like a wrestling match. We'd probably be two against one. But we would have our allies like Israel and, and, and places like that. Uh, even though Israel is the size of Rhode Island, I don't know how you know well they would do against a mega juggernaut like uh, China, uh, which has so many uh, billions of people. But uh, And now they're trying to say that the uh, COVID cases, if you read uh, recent reports, mostly came from Europe and that we're wrong to blame China, that it's actually a European uh, situation that brought the COVID here. And I, I don't know how much that's true, whatever. The, I, to me, the go of the origin of the situation, which was Wuhan uh, with China, uh, it starts there. Uh, so I, I don't know what the media is trying to do, uh, dumb down China's responsibility and all this. And now put it on Europe. I, I Again, I don't know what they're trying to do here, uh, but we know where the origin of this comes from. And I think the wet markets where you have animals, cats, bats, dogs, strewn all over the street and p- people pick them out that they can eat and stuff, uh, something bad was bound to happen. I mean, it's always from even those movies from Contagion to uh, Outbreak. It always stems from a monkey or some sort, you know what I mean, some, some sort of animal. Um, people can conspire and say they made this in a lab. I don't know that government is trying to off the senior population. I mean, I've heard some really crazy things. But I think those wet markets where you have animals that are not meant to eat, be consumed, there are animals that are bred for farming that are meant to be consumed, human consumption, and there are animals that are not meant to be consumed. Bats and uh, wombats and weasels and things like that are not meant to be eaten by human beings. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care about culture. Uh, it just, it's just a nonsensical thing. You know, there's certain things that you're not supposed to. There's poisonous blowfish, too. Should you put that in your mouth? 
know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just ridiculous. If we know something carries these amoebas and bacteria and these kind of foreign substances like a bat does in a cave, a bat is like so that's that's why rabies is so prevalent in in, in the in the bat community you know so to speak uh i i I don't get how people can even take a chance putting that in soup and and making it a delicacy uh human beings are disgusting that's the bottom line and i'm not even trying to be like silly saying that we are a disgusting lot sometimes we are just again uh get homeless people just the way people eat and and carry themselves and and uh uh, just again, you you see those wet markets, and I, I I have never seen. I cannot even imagine. Uh, and listen, if you're a poor person, uh, rice, beans, there are readily available things that are much cheaper than buying uh, and skinning a cat and eating it. And uh, not for nothing, I think if I was that poor, I would fucking put a bullet in my head. But uh, seriously, if that's all I can do is if I'm going to eat a bat, um, those wet markets are. And again, the animals are strewn out on a concrete floor on the dirty floor and you got an animal that's not even meant to be consumed by humans. What the fuck do you think is going to happen? You know what I mean? But what, what kind of a, you know, what kind of a super immune system that people think we have? Uh, it's just a disturbing, those wet market pictures were so disturbing to me. I want, I just vomit in my mouth makes me not want to eat even a, 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 a farm bread animal ever again. I almost want to go full vegetarian because I'm so disgusted. You know what I mean? So I, I asked Show Numbers this question last week, and I hear an echo. What's that? I have no idea. Some, I think someone's mic needs to be muted. Oh, let me let me check. I I don't think anyone has their mic on. Sean said it's fine, but I don't know. Uh, so I asked Show okay. Numbers this question last week, where after all this is you know uh, after all this is over after this whole pandemic is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, slowly going over or not slowly going over, but like is kind of smoothing over. Do you think you know, there's going to be a lot of changes to society and how people act? Yeah, I think so. I think the whole um, uh, way of doing things, I think they're going to sanction the wet markets now, according to what China's supposed to do to, to lessen that degree. I mean, people are still going to eat things they're not supposed to and just, uh, I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner, to be honest with you, because the cultural things have been going on for years. But eventually, immune systems run their course, just like antibiotics now. There are certain antibiotics that do not work on people anymore because we run it into the ground. Uh, you know, as we go on and technology gets better, unfortunately, I don't think medicine is caught up to technology. We can get something that's the size of a fucking, you know, chickpea pretty soon where we can have internet service on it. You know what I mean? Why anybody would have anything that small. But I'm just saying, the smaller, the bigger, the better, the smaller, the better, the smaller, the more convenient. Everything we can listen to, you know, we can listen to anything and we can take our computer into the shower practically now. But I would rather see medical research advance and find a goddamn cure for cancer, find a goddamn cure for uh, all these things that ail us for years and years and years, diabetes, all these other things. That's wonderful that, you know, we can have every which way to listen to music. You know what I mean? But I wish they would put that into into letting people live better lives and curing things. And listen, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I do believe, too, that there is a thinning of the herd and a natural process of people have to die for people to live. I get that. And that's why the other day when someone had said, a friend of mine had said, I feel bad that older people are, are, are dying, but 
at the cost of my career, at the cost of everything I lived for. I told my friend Marissa said this, everything I built up, dipping into all my life savings and stuff. Am I asked, you know, is this, is this my sacrifice for my country that I'm asked that of, of a whim to save possible people from dying? But I'm going to be most definitely broken in the poorhouse, that's for sure. And then where am I going to be with my health and my mental well-being when I'm a broken person after all this? What's the government going to be there for me? And I understood what she's saying. She was so cautious to not post it on Facebook because she would come off insensitive and how dare people are dying. But at, but the cost for us to go broke and impoverished is is the price to pay. I don't. There has to be a happy medium. You understand what I'm saying? There has to be mm-hmm. something where we don't we we don't lose our jobs and we don't are not asked to sacrifice our life savings over something that was nothing that was our fault. We didn't do anything wrong. Nobody did anything wrong here. Here's, you know why we're all sympathetic towards each other, Drew, and why mm-hmm. people are, 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 are reaching out? Because nobody did anything wrong here. You know what I mean? That's why, because yeah. we can all relate. Everyone, you're, you're saying, Mal, I know my friend loved his job, or she loved her job, and now she doesn't have any more. Last two weeks ago, she was the happiest person, and now like her whole career is over, and she took out a, you know everything she had in the bank, the few thousand that she saved that she was trying to build a future for herself, is gone now. So you're like, wow, I mean, what, what a fucking slap in the face. How can I help my friend? How can I help my sister? How can... Because people are saying they didn't do anything wrong, and when you don't do anything wrong, you are a true victim. And when you're a true victim, that's when you get the sympathy play. When, you're, when you do something, when you're a drug addict, you're an alcoholic, and you got eight chances, and you keep blowing it, and hey, I'm I'm going to get you a job interview and the person no shows. You're like, fuck this. I did everything I could for my friend. I did everything I could for that son of a bitch. But when you are a true victim and you're like this, she or he didn't do anything wrong. That's when you, of course, you want to help because, you know, that could happen to you. Right. You can look in the mirror and go, shit, that happened to me. I'm an essential. Thank God I still got my job. But that shit could have turned on me. You know what I mean? So that's when I think people come out and they show show themselves to be generous, helpful, you know, willing people because it's so personal to them because it's so that happened to you. I could be next. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's like, it. You, when, when you were talking, when you were just talking where I work, I work, I work at the county for the sheriff's office and right. we are pretty much a hotbed for this whole COVID thing. Um, wow. Just, I think it was like last week or the week before there were 20, at least over 20 some prisoners that had COVID. And Jeez. if you, if you go into the jail, like, like, you know, when you go into the magistrate where like inmates get booked and processed, you know, on one side, there's the women and on one side, there's the men. Right. There was, there was one week I walked in there. There were literally two women sitting on one side. You look at the men. Side. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There were about eight men. And then a couple days after that, there was a girl who had to go deliver fingerprints over there. She said there was okay. literally nobody in the fucking jail. Jeez. Like, it's, 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 it's starting to get to the point where I'm thinking, you know, are they going to, you know, let us know to kind of go and work from home? Which, you know, working from home wouldn't be bad. But then, yeah. you know, there are the other jobs, you know, in the jail that would be considered non-essential. Like, you know, it, it would be easy for the sheriff to say, well, you're not considered essential. So we're just going to send you home. Or you're considered essential, we're going to send you home to pay you. So there's, yeah. th- there's always that fear and, you know, and I hate it. And, and again, you know, boy who cried wolf, you know, we all hate fear, but of course it's like I mentioned, you know, with my parents, you know, they're literally, they literally live next door to somebody who has it. And they have no, no physical contact with those people, right? I'm sorry. They've had no physical contact with those people, right? To my knowledge, no. Um, I, I, I mean, we've all let them know straight up. Like, just do not go near them. Just don't really touch any. Don't, just don't really have any contact with anyone. And well, you know, how, how far the how, how far the house is apart where you are? Like here, we're really on top of each other. We're like adjacent buildings connected. Now in Texas, where you are, are you a good distance of feet in between each houses of yard space and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, we have like a considerably good amount of space between each other. Well, that should, that should be good then, yeah. So, um, you know, when I was going, when I went there yesterday to visit them. They were literally cleaning the whole house, like they like they moved around furniture and everything, and just like started cleaning the whole house. They they were messing yeah. around, and you know, my dad was just talking about his neighbor, you know, the one that's you know sick, and he, I could I could tell he was just really hurt about it because you know he's saying he's a good guy, and you know, I was just like, oh my god, please don't cry, and not not in like a mean way, but I'm just like. Just yeah, don't yeah, cry. Of course, yeah. don't cry, Dad. You know, but you know, I just, I, yeah, I just say this at length. You know, and it's not just me; it's everyone else. I, we all hope this could be over soon. We go. I mean, like the big, I, I think like the projected date, like sometime in the summer, that this might be over. But you know, like I was saying, you know, it, the world's going to be very different by the time this is over, and. It could be either for the good or for the bad because you're going to have people out there that are either going to adhere to what just went on and be more cautious about things. And then you're going to have this other group of people that are just going to make it worse. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, um, I was talking to a good friend of mine, Patrick, uh, who's a Patreon, and he'll probably hear this because I told him to check out the show. Um, Pat lives in uh, North Carolina, and he was telling me that uh, people, certain people in his town and his area, are kind of almost indifferent to this. They're out. They're acting like this is a vacation uh, because there's not that many cases. It's not very citified. Uh, even some out in the more country kind of places, people are kind of like, eh, it's not really affected us. But it really, there are people who have it. And he's worried. He's a New York. He grew up in New York, and he moved to North Carolina for work. Uh, but he saw a real different kind of lackadaisical attitude from what he told me out there. And I think that's the problem with his people hanging out together and stuff that not uh, respecting the distancing thing. And I think that's going on in a lot of states. And it's, I think what, what really should have happened from the get-go is a two-week lockdown just because it's hard to go further than that. 14 days we could probably all do. Mandatory all 50 states. This way, keep it fair. 
uh, two-week lockdown, essentials, you know, get specific about what can do. But the whole country at once, like one big clap around the fucking globe, they should have locked it down for two weeks straight with everyone had to adhere to the same rules and regulations because we still had nine states that aren't even in the game right now or were late to the party. You know, nine states is a lot out of 50. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, 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 it's a good percentage. Again, how many people are cross-contaminating or going in and out of state or a neighboring state? It's hard to keep track of all this shit. You know what I mean? So, again, they should have had a mandatory uh, uh, countrywide lockdown and go from there in two weeks. Nothing, nothing beyond that because beyond that, then you're getting into some anarchy. Uh, that's why I think the martial law thing for New York, I mean, I joke about the escape from New York, watch the Kurt Russell movie. That's what my town city is going to look like. Mm-hmm. That's no joke. You can, you cannot lock up New Yorkers for weeks at a time and then have police arrest them over going out to walk. I mean, that's just outrageous. And first of all, there's not but 10,000 people, 10,000 cops in this town and, uh, 9 million people in New York. I mean, I don't even know what they're talking about. And half the police force is out sick. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what they, they think is going to happen here. Are they going to hire deputized citizens to rat on people <laughs> or on social distancing? I posted that yesterday. There, there were some people who were talking about money, cash rewards to rat on people who are having uh, any kind of gathering or if they were with their family or outside uh, the parameters of where they're supposed to be. That You get into dangerous territory there. That goes beyond the virus of danger. Uh, you know, uh, again, I'm just... When my friend, I talked about it on the show with Trez the other night, I said my friend Mike SOS, who I talk about a lot on the show, one of my best friends who works for me in the business, he's our DJ and our host of most of our concerts. Um, he's the voice, literally, of, of our club. And he took that picture from me, uh, that video, as he's walking to get online, and he's just scanning the crowd. And I have never seen a bunch of more deflated, depressed, disheartened people in my life, and these are my neighbors, and I recognize some of them, and I recognize the clerks who work at the store, who are out with bullhorns and full hazmat uniforms, who work at the goddamn grocery store. These, by the way, 18, 19-year-old kids who are working there for side money for college are now given bullhorns online, say six feet apart. I'm like, where the fuck am I? You know what I'm saying? Where, where, where is that? Is that, a, is that a movie set, Mike? Where are you? He goes, I'm at the local food universe in our neighborhood. I'm like, oh, my God. The fuck is that? So again, I'm like, and they were letting five people in, five people in, five people out. It was just unbelievable, and it's it was making made me want to throw up. I mean, seriously, literally, I almost think the cause and effect is almost as bad as getting the illness itself. Well, I mean, the whole you know letting, uh, you know, a couple people in at a time that I, that I could understand. Like, you know, it it, it makes sense. It Nothing. seems like, go ahead. I didn't get that. I want to be like I'm not for so in case I misrepresented myself there for a second. I I'm not talking about. I'm talking about putting these college teenagers in this position of authoritative, walking a line with a bullhorn to their customers. It was just something disturbing about it, is what I'm saying about. Oh no, you know, no. Cindy, the Cindy, the smiley clerk who goes to Kingsborough Community College is now the authoritative. Stay six feet apart, please. Stay, you know, like, oh my God, what are they? These poor, these poor young people are going to be traumatized. Like, I don't even know if they want to return to these jobs. You know, they took these jobs just to help pay for their school and stuff. And now they're putting up bullhorns and a badge and told to keep your customers in line. And if they get, they're not six feet apart, you know, call the cops. I mean, what, what the hell? Again, you're going to the fucking grocery store here. You know what I mean? 
So, I mean, that's what I was talking about. The disturbing aspect of the clerks mm-hmm. have now turned into these – they become clerk cops. Do you know what I'm saying? No, no, that, that part I get. You know, I was just you know talking about the whole letting people in at a time. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that that's, 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 that's – the, the whole getting on a bullhorn and you know, trying to act like you're tough shit – and say, you know, everybody, you know, is spread apart. Six feet apart. Yeah, six feet apart. Yeah, yeah. Six feet apart. Yeah, that's a little bit too much. That it, it was. It was. It's, it's getting. It's, it's getting insane. Like the the grocery store by my house. There was literally a line. There was literally a line yesterday. And because you know, like I was mentioning, they're only letting you know a certain amount of people in at a time. And right. They didn't do that last week, but now they instituted it now. Um, the grocery store that my girl works at, they're gonna start doing that, and oh, that's okay. gonna that's gonna be a clusterfuck. Because where she works, she works at a Whole Foods store, and the customers there are they're term complete cunts. They're oh, they're very they have that kind of sense of entitlement where they think they deserve everything. Mm-hmm. And and most of them are old people, <laughs> so that kind of oh, tell, that kind of tells a story, and it's gonna it's it's gonna be pretty crazy for her. She's already frustrated working there, and now it's gonna get worse. What's going on, Wavy? Um, but let's let's kind of get off topic. Um, okay. So, do you, did you want to talk about mania for a bit? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, again. Uh, I took a different direction with it, and I, you know, me don't agree on it. But one thing, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I did like about what he said, and it came to fruition. I know he loves when he's uh, but he was right about this. Was that WrestleMania might be better, and there might be some some matches and some highlights that might go down as as really good, and even maybe even historic. And he was correct on that on a, on a couple of levels. Uh, that we're all so you know fuck this, it shouldn't happen. But and I was one of them, and I admitted that. Uh, but uh, that they were trying to provide an escape. It was taped. It's not like they're putting people in danger live and stuff. Everybody, calm down. I give him credit. Like I said, I totally credit with credit to and and one of the few people saying it to be honest with you and what came to, to happen on sunday i was happy to say that i'm glad that i watched wrestlemania i'm glad i had something to do saturday and sunday night saturday night's boneyard match was provided me the most entertainment i've had since this thing has happened mm-hmm. has provided me provided me one of the most good talking points to even get online to discuss since this shit has happened with this virus thing it made my it made my month to be honest with you. Loved it. I'm a huge Undertaker fan. I mean, I again, 
I have the the Ministry of Darkness tattoo that I've got to get touched up now. But I've had it since, you know, 97. And I'm the biggest Undertaker fan. I'm not the biggest AJ Styles fan, but I respect AJ Styles. Um, and I didn't know if he was the right guy for the job, and he proved me wrong like you wouldn't believe. I was happy to be wrong on Saturday night on several aspects. I was more than happy to be eat up some humble pie um, because I needed that, and I, I, I love the escapism. Now, was the rest of the card on Saturday night that great? No, but it's mm-hmm. okay because we're in battlefield conditions right now, and guess what? If you're starving, as Eddie Murphy said, what time someone offers you a cracker, like a Ritz cracker, and you're like, that's the best cracker I've ever had. So we, I was starving so for some wrestling, and so I was happy to get what I got on Saturday. Sunday was not as good, but I there was some highlights. And again, I think me and DT did a podcast which was not this negative shit on the product, which all due respect to my fellow podcasters like JD and Jason Solomon and stuff, all good podcasters, but mostly – Jason had a good outlook on it. JD was totally negative. But, uh, you know, uh, Wrestling Super, I didn't really get to hear much of this. I've actually been meaning to go hear their post-cap uh, recap. But I, I was glad that me that I was even worried, like, uh, you know, but I knew Don Tony was going to be positive no matter what. And I wasn't going to play a quote-unquote part of Kevin was going to be the hater and Don Tony was going to be the good guy. <laughs> I wasn't going to even try that. No, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this is not going to be cool because we both liked it. And it would be cool if I hated it and you like it. I'm not gonna, I'll never be a phony on the show. It's never going to. I'm not asking that was asked of me. You didn't ask that of me. But I said, I agree with you. I, I want to be on the point counterpoint here. But I, I liked it overall, WrestleMania. What, again, it was so unique and so different. And again, I appreciated the efforts of all the people there. Like I said, it was taped. It's not like it was live. It was taped a couple of days before. But even that, because we were in the shit even a couple of days before with this fucking virus. So, again, Reigns pulled out. I was disappointed. He did what he had to do. All respect to him. I think most people do respect his stance on that because of his situation, which is real. Which is real. I'm not a conspiracy theorist and thinking Roman Reigns is bucking for more money or whatever the people think. The bottom line was there was an escapism that night. The Boneyard match made my night. To me, it was irrelevant if I liked everything before that. I didn't care because I loved the closing. I left that pay-per-view happy, as everyone did. And I never posted or answered so many questions in my life post-pay-per-view like I did after that Boneyard match. I was online for three hours after that, going back and forth with people after that fucking match was over on that Saturday night. That's a good sign, Drew. And you know what I said? You know how many times I rant and rave about a main event in recent WWE? A uh, grand total of zero. <laughs> Seriously, couldn't even tell you the last time that I I was over the moon with a with a main event. That I was over the moon with a segment. I go back and scroll as long as I'm on Twitter. You can't find it. I dare someone to find it. Find it. Uh, I, I'm like never. This is the first time that I've been uh, like I was. I was so I, w- I was like DT. We're doing the podcast. He goes, "No, nah, we're gonna wait till Sunday. We'll do everything in one shot." I'm like, "Ah," oh, because I was so amped up to talk about this tonight. But we had to wait till Sunday. He goes, "Yeah." Then we see the Firefly Funhouse, and if that's just as good, then we got even more good things to talk about. So again, I props to my co-host uh, DT because because everyone was doing a post uh, recap on Saturday, and we just did everything in one shot on Sunday, which I think worked out well for us. And again, I, you know, my, my sentiments exactly about the Boneyard match, it was, it did its job. It was entertaining and entertained the shit out of me. And, you know, granted you have the Undertaker who's no future Hall of Famer, one of the best you have, you know, AJ who's, you know, you know, there, there can be a conversation that he can be a future Hall of Famer. 
Um, of course. You had two good guys. You had two great guys that were able to make it work. Um, AJ with his, you know, trash talking, which I loved. And then you had Taker kind of, you know, bringing back the American Badass gimmick. Him being a little bit more vocal, which I, which I, I you know, it's weird. In some ways, I kind of prefer the American gimmick over the Dead Man gimmick because... So do I. So do I. Yeah, with that, he's a lot more vocal. Um, the Dead Man mm-hmm. gimmick, he's just more, it's more like physicality and character, which, again, I like both of them. But I'm glad he brought back the American Badass character because... I think if he was the dead man, it it still would have been fine, but I don't think it would have been as entertaining if he wasn't the American badass because, you know, he was out there shit-talking, you know, um, calling him a bitch. And I like that one spot where I don't know if he, like, actually hurt his, his forearm, but, like, he he ends up hitting the glass on the limo, and then he looks at the cut and goes, look what you made me do. I <laughs> just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was cool. It was great. It was almost like watching like a cheesy eighties uh, TV show, like you know, like Renegade, or, like Renegade or something. You know, it. And I and I like and I like that they played Metallica when he came in. I you know personally would have preferred a different song, but that's just me. Of course, um, it did its job. You know, it entertained the shit out of Dude. me. Um, as for the Firefly Funhouse match. Um, it, here's here's what I kept saying because I had to watch it twice. Me too. Me too. I did. I didn't hate it. I, it's is one of those things where, and Julian can explain it the best way possible, which it played on John Cena's fears because mm-hmm. you know while you're watching it, there's like a lot of inside jokes. Like he's bringing back his old characters. Like he's wearing his tights that he wore on his first night on SmackDown. He's you know, dresses the Doctor Thugonomics. He's coming out as you know the NWO, which I thought was interesting. Um, I, looking back on it, I liked it, but you know the Boneyard Master is just that much better. You know, but for the Firefly Funhouse, I personally wish they would have fought a little bit more because it just mm-hmm. seemed like you were watching like a mini movie rather than you know, and and also both of them were really matches, but the Boneyard match was presented more as a as a match in a fight. Whereas the Firefly Funhouse was more of just like, you know, kind of like a mind fuck. I'll be honest with you. I watched the the Boneyard match five times in its entirety. Um, watched it five times. Um, the Firefly Funhouse I watched twice. Mm-hmm. Still, I wasn't as into it as stuff. And I get it, the, the hokiness and the silliness of it. And this is Bray Wyatt and all that stuff. I, I get it. But the, I was all about, all about the uh, Boneyard match. And my second favorite match of the night was the ladder match. I thought Morrison, Kofi, and uh, Uso killed it. I thought they did a great job. I thought Morrison and Kofi especially really put themselves out there for something that was taped. And they're tag team guys. And they really represented their team well, Kofi and Morrison, and, and Jey Uso to a point. I think don't have a night off in them to act. They do the daring stunts. They want to entertain. Uh, I see why they brought Morrison back now because I thought he was outstanding in that ladder match. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and Morrison, Morrison's 40 years old now. Is that a kid? Morrison is 40. Mm. Uh, so, again, you know, some of these guys are, are showing some real, uh, real good stuff here for, you know, the, the middle age trek. Um, 
So again, you know, people were all with the They're not going to do anything with Morrison. Well, they're doing a lot with him because he put on and me top three match out of the 18 matches. He was in one of the top three. Uh, I liked the match a lot. I liked, um, what else? Did I, I love Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. It was really good. I think, I think Owens and Rollins went all out. They did not phone it in. Um, I wanted to like the Edge Randy Orton match more because I'm a huge Edge fan. Mm-hmm. Big, big, big time Edge. I love Edge as much as I love Undertaker. Edge mm-hmm. is one of my favorites of modern times. Um, but honestly, on DT, it was nice that I got a tour of the Performance Center. That was cool. Uh, <laughs> that we got to see the Performance Center. But other than that, I, I thought I liked uh, Chiampa and Gargano a lot better last night which was their form of the Edge and Randy Orton fight. Um, maybe be, and, and listen, they have great chemistry. Orton and Edge are not just their partners. They had, few, they had, they had matches before. Uh, this is not the first time they've gone at it, so to speak. I remember uh, Edge was also a babyface when Randy Orton was a heel back in the earlier days. They fought before. But now they're two seasoned, highly skilled Hall of Fame vets. Um, but again, it was too elongated, and uh, it was a little bit. I started drifting off a little bit during yeah. that match, and it we clocked it clocked in, I believe, at thirty seven minutes. For what mm. everyone said, that's that's uh, seventeen minutes too long, probably. Yeah, I would probably give. I would say twenty seven. I would say at least ten to seventeen minutes too long. Twenty minutes would have been good enough for that for that match, let alone uh, thirty seven minutes. That, that's a match that I think could have been given that uh, Boneyard treatment or that Boneyard uh, match treatment where, you know, you could have easily said, you know, they're going to meet up somewhere. They're going to meet up at a at a random warehouse or, the, or since it's a last man standing match, you know, meet up in a ditch or I don't know, something like, you know, a lot of the bigger matches could have been given that mini movie treatment, kind of like a kind of like Owens and, uh, and Rollins where. And also, it's and also just let everyone know it's raining. So you know, knock on wood. Hopefully, the connection doesn't go up. But um, with Owens and Rollins, you know, you know, since Owens, Owens Rollins is the Monday Night Messiah, they could have easily filmed in like a like a, a an abandoned church, and had you know, yeah, sure. match, like you could have had Rollins be like, you know, I'll, you know, I'll face you at Mania, only on one condition. It's going to be on my terms, and I pick a location. And then you just see Owens pull up to a church. And, you know, he walks into a church and you see Rollins sitting on top or sitting atop of the church, you know, in like a in like this big ass chair, which is his throne. And you'd be like, welcome, my child. You know, you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, they could have done that. And the match wasn't bad. I liked it. Um, yeah. What I didn't really like is the fact that they had disqualification and they restarted the match like I, that. That I wasn't big on. I mean, if you're going to make it no disqualification, you should have just made it no disqualification from the get go. But um, yeah. overall, I like the match. I liked, you know, Owen shit talking. Um, I don't, I don't know if you caught this when he was, you know, telling Rollins, you know, you're a bitch and you've always been a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty funny. Those, they, they, again, there was some, there was some uh, good stuff. I don't know if you saw because as we're on the air here, and I let JD have it. Actually, I'm, I'm sure I'll get it later by his uh, ridiculous fan base. Uh, Edge put out a statement saying because Edge was kind of pissed off about the tense saying that they could have did this or that. You know, him and Randy really went at it, and they mm-hmm. they sacrificed them. They sacrificed themselves and their health to be there to put on a show for the fans. And Edge was kind of pissed of getting 
your match should have been better, this or that. And, that. and listen, I wasn't a big fan of the match, but I respect what those guys did and the fact that they could have did a Roman Reigns and not showed up at all. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and Edge has a very good reason to, to not do that. He's got two small children. He's got to travel. Uh, you know, uh, again, uh, the, the, he doesn't live in, in, in that area. He's got to go back to North Carolina. There's a lot of, uh, you know, risk for a guy like him. So I think he was like, you know, fuck this. And he posted a statement talking about the Malcolm's and not appreciating, you know, we're in a global pandemic. Everyone's doing the best job they can. Where JD, uh, you know, is of the thing, oh, no, the, if you're putting on a match, it should be good no matter a pandemic. And I'm like, I, I don't know, man, dude, you have to take a look at yourself and say, if you're in your 30s, and I'm not shitting on JD particularly, but I think this is where he riles up his ridiculous fan base at where uh, being, being ridiculous, meaning that you put five, you know, stars of matches over people's well being. That's where you got to grow up and say, okay, I got to be, you know, the adult guy now and not this wrestling personality podcaster and, and walk the line here the correct way. Again, I like to be silly and ha-has and everything and make fun of Natty's lack of, uh, you know, crowd response and everything. But when you tap into Kevin Scandato, the not Kevin Castle, but Kevin Scandato, the 51 year old guy who, uh, you know, when he disconnects from discord and stuff has to be, uh, you know, that regular person, uh, pandemic conditions, uh, I'm sorry, do negate anybody's responsibility to put on a five-star classic because wrestling fans think they deserve it. I mean, uh, to me, they showed up to work. They did the best they could with what they had. They went at it. They were in agreement to put on this big, long marathon match. We didn't have to like it, but you should respect it and not say you owe us more than that. No, they don't. They don't owe us more than that. I'm sorry. I, I just see something like that infuriates me. I'm like, come on, let's all be adults here and talk like normal people. Stop being podcasting, uh, you know, uh, baiting type of guys where we post these ridiculous, you know, comments to get either clicks or just to get people to get riled up. Uh, it's like the people who want Chris Benoit to be in the Hall of Fame. Do you know what I'm saying? This is why, and I posted earlier this, and I'll stick by this, why the general public a lot of people in the general public here, you are a wrestling fan. They automatically feel this guy is definitely not smarter than me because he watches that. I tell you, sometimes wrestling fans come off with only one octave higher intelligence than a gibbon or a baboon. Seriously, I'm not even joking. This is why people look down on wrestling fans. When logic and being a human being gets put to the back burner because you didn't like the rate, you know, the, the match to what wasn't choreographed to your liking, there's something very wrong. And again, I uh, shake my head, and I'm sure I'll go at it with him later about it because I just found it. I, Edge is 100% right. That's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, wrestling needs fans. It needs an audience. And it just, it's its still weird watching these matches because, like, you know, imagine, imagine you know, Rollins and, and uh, Owens in front of a hot crowd in Tampa. Imagine... Imagine Drew McIntyre getting that win in front of Tampa, in front of those those screaming fans. Like that would have been huge. Like, you know, and I'm happy for Drew McIntyre. And I'm you know him, him winning. Me too. Me too. You know, and and I like Drew McIntyre. He's a good he's a good dude. You never you never really hear about Drew McIntyre having bad habits or being a problem in the locker room. And I'm no, not trying to make this. I'm not, I'm not just trying. I'm not trying to make this to a Drew debate, but um, I'm just you know putting out the facts. Imagine him beating Brock in front of that hot crowd. Like that would have yeah. made the moment feel a lot better. You know, and this is kind of going back to Jim Cornette. He had reviewed Mania on the drive-through, 
where and he there was a point he was making where he said he liked the intro. Wow. He liked the fact that they played ACDC in the intro. He said if they had went to a hot crowd immediately after that intro was done, I would have stood up. But they go right to Rob Gronkowski, and it's just like, ugh. And and I can I can and I can see where Jim where Jim is coming from. But yeah, at the end of the day, wrestling needs fans, and I don't know I don't know JD that well. Um, I, I follow him on Twitter. I'll interact with him sometimes. Again, I'm not tr- again I'm not trying to knock the guy, but yeah, yeah. I, I I disagree with him on this. You know, Ed, Edge is right. You know, the they really did the best they could out there. Everybody, to their credit, they did the best they could. But you know, in these conditions, again, wrestling needs fans. They need it's the same, it's the same thing with sports. You know. You're not going to have an NBA Finals with no fans. You're not going to have, you know, LeBron James go out there and do a windmill dunk to no reaction. Like, that's why you see a lot of these athletes, you know, pound their chest after they just hit a three or they Mm -hmm. just got a dunk or a steal or a block because, you know, they're getting hyped up and the crowd's getting hyped up. You know, same thing with wrestling. That's, you know, that's when you see guys do a big power move or a power bomb or something. They're doing it for the fans. It's it was weird seeing Kevin Owens do that spot where he, you know, does a elbow drop because there's nobody there to watch it. And it's just, it, it's depressing. It's, it's depressing watching wrestling with no fans. It is. It's very depressing. I give the guys a lot of credit for uh, doing what they do. I think like, again, wrestling fans are just ridiculous in general and they're happy and entitled. And uh, again, I don't think our base is like that. Unfortunately, some other podcasters bases like that, they feed into this lonely hearts club of people who are just angry all the time. And if they hate the product so much, I agree. Don't watch it because I certainly don't watch the jets that much these days because I just got tired of the jets. I'm a diehard Mets fan. I give them the Mets, but there's certain things that again, I, when I stopped liking, we used to love the show Roseanne, right? Mm-hmm. Back in the day when it debuted in 88, I thought it was great. 89, 90, 91, 93 it started going off the off the rails a little bit. By 94 it was unwatchable and they were on another several years. I just didn't like it anymore. I didn't care for it anymore. Uh, same thing with With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, certain other things, uh, certain other uh, TV shows or series that I followed. There were seasons that I was just like, ugh, I just don't want. So I didn't really watch because, again, I saw where it was going in the direction. So I don't get people who are gluttons for punishment who continue to watch. If they don't like it, you have an alternative. It's called AEW, so you don't have to watch. You know what I mean? So, again, you know, no, one's for, no one's putting a gun to anybody's head. And, again, you're watching because they're one of the only games in town putting on new material. 
to uh, entertain you. Or you could just go watch a rerun of Ferris Bueller's Day Off from 1986 on TBS. I mean, go, go watch uh, baseball games from on uh, the Yes Network, Yankees Playoffs 1997. Uh, go watch that. You know what I mean? Again, you have choices. No one Wrestling is not a forced watch. You know what I mean? It's not a forced watch. I just think complaining about anything during a pandemic right now is kind of ridiculous and immature. And I don't even understand. And again, if you want to, uh, the, his fan base wants to jerk themselves off to, uh, you know, putting down edge or whatever. And he's supposed to be a fan of that guy too. I could totally relate because right now I'm being a 51 year old grown man and not a bratty entitled wrestling fan. Yeah. It's just, um, Going back to WWE, like why you you had said not too long ago that you were I don't know if you heard rumors or maybe this is just your opinion when you think you thought you thought WWE probably just taken like a month off, which yeah. I, I seriously yeah. wish they do because you know the biggest difference between WWE and AEW WWE yeah. has so many unlimited resources they 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 own everything they pretty much own everything. They, you know, WWE could just easily take the month off and go, okay, instead of Raw, we're going to show you uh, 1997 Starcade in its entirety. You know, instead of SmackDown, we're going to show you Halloween Havoc from 96. Like, they they have so many, and also they can just bring in people, you know, to talk about these great matches. They they can, like, pre-record these segments and be like, so, um, uh, totally, I'm just putting out a random name, totally Blanchard, even though he works for AEW. You know, what'd you think about this match? Or so Eric Bischoff, what do you think about this great moment in WCW history? Well, Red like you like you know what I mean? I just you know, Vince is just being stubborn. You know, he just he needs to give his guys a month off. And I don't know why he doesn't want to. I don't know if it's a greedy thing, which you know, speaking of greedy, you know, I don't know if you heard the whole thing with Brock Lesnar that he supposedly blew up at Vince. I don't know if you heard that. No, I didn't hear that. So, but supposedly what happened was um, uh, Brock was pissed off about having a perform in front of him, which, you know, deservedly so. Of, no. you know, a guy like Brock's caliber, he, he knows his worth. He knows he's a star. And we know he's a star. So, he, he didn't have a problem with putting Drew over because apparently Drew says that him and Brock get along and, you know, Brock's been going out of his way over um, and also kind of an interesting story when Drew was in the company before with 3MB, Brock apparently pulled him aside and said, why the fuck are you with this group? You're a lot more talented than these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so the story was that Brock, it was a combination of him not being happy about having a performer from an empty crowd and also, you know, the, the, the payday. And mm-hmm. him and Vince are going back and forth. And apparently, you know, Vince called him greedy. And Brock said, you're greedy for not canceling the event. Like, why don't you just cancel the event? So they were just going back and forth about it. And, you know, Vince apparently told Brock, you know, we don't need you to leave. And apparently Brock is not going to renew his contract. He's going to be out for a bit. That's just the rumor. So. Right, but that's not, that's just a rumor. Though. I haven't, I haven't heard anything about that. I heard, well, here's, here's the thing. Like I heard somebody on Twitter mention it, that Brock, and I watched the video of something about it. So again, I'm not trying to say it's gospel. I'm not trying to say it's true. I just, it, it, it's interesting because, you know, what if Brock doesn't come back? 
Uh, I don't I, listen. He's been here so long now. I think you know. There's only so much you can do to him. He's faced everybody that he needs to, as far as top guys go. I mean, you know, has he faced Edge yet or stuff like? Nah, but that doesn't need to happen. Um, you know, again, certain things run their course, and uh, you know, uh, people come, they they go. I don't think anybody's bigger than the company. Uh, people can go. Uh, what is this? I'm seeing something on your chat now. Yeah, but again, I think that people, you know, people, it's funny, people say, no, but Kev, people are home, so they should be this captive audience and watch wrestling. I Again, people's minds are on other things, and that's what I was trying to relay when I told JD I disagreed with him, is that pandemic conditions are new to all of us. So, we again, we're, we're, coming, we're coming at it from a human side. We're not coming at it from a sports fan side. And maybe they are, I'm not, I'm coming at it from an adult side. I'm coming at it from a... Logic says side, um, you know, people have a lot on their minds now, as much as they are forced to be home and, uh, they should be watching, not necessarily, uh, again, um, the, the wrestling shows ratings will stay the same or go dip even further because I just don't think that people sit at home and go, you know, as I have this time to worry about my friends and family dying and me not having a job, I'm going to get back into wrestling. You understand what I'm saying, Drew? Yes, you know, like I think wrestling wrestling's going to take my mind off of this. No, it's the same fan base that they had. We're not gaining any new viewers because we're forcing people to stay in their house. You know what people are watching, guys? They're watching updates on coronavirus. You know what the views are for that? Millions and millions of hits. You know what I'm saying? You know, like a 9.5 on Donald Trump's last press conference. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying, Drew? Uh, people, and if they're watching stuff, they're watching stuff that they're already into. I'm going to go and watch this on A&E. I'm going to go and watch HBO and watch my my show. I'm going to go watch Kirby Enthusiasm's full season now. I didn't get to see any of it while I was on the last few weeks. That's what they're watching. I don't think anybody's actually saying, I'm going to take this time to get back into wrestling. I think that's fool's paradise. I don't think, why would they? Why would they take this time to get back into wrestling? What's the appeal? John Cena's not there. The big stars aren't there. The Rock's not there. Who's there that's familiar that they're going to go look at? Kevin Owens? They don't know who that is. You know what I'm saying? AEW, Cody Rhodes. Oh, Dusty Rhodes' little son. That's not Dusty Rhodes. I don't care. Again, if you see the ratings, and are the ratings, as we're on this show, maybe someone in the chat or Drew, you could pull it up. Can anybody uh, tell me? Yeah, Scott is saying, you know, we lost our job. We got shit on our minds. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, it's a pointless effort to even try it with another podcast's audience uh, to talk logic. But if anybody can look up the ratings, what are the ratings that should be out right now for AEW? And as we're live doing this 7 o'clock for AEW and NXT. Actually, I just looked at it like not too long ago before the show started. NXT actually won by 1,000 viewers. Oh, Um, oh, NXT won for all? Yeah, yeah, NXT got 693,000 and AEW got 692. Wow, wow. Okay, so AEW's down, right? It's a tie, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But that's really not the I mean, NXT, again, you could do the demo and stuff like that. That's, it's ironic that, uh, you know, uh, the the the, uh, the demo is always like in my age group for NXT. And I always thought NXT was a young people's show. I always thought I was one of the older people watching NXT uh, as an early 50s-year-old man. Um, but doesn't suppose they all uh, Chiampa. And listen, that holds good for Killer Cross, too, who was at the end of that segment. And shout out to him. Um, Love but, that guy. Uh, 
but uh, me too. I mean, he's he's a legit friend who I don't think, even if he gets bigger, will leave behind the people who supported you, him. Because you know, you get those cynical people who be that. Oh yeah, he's talking to you now, Kevin. But watch when he becomes. I'm like, that's you know, that's maybe how you have friends. I'm, I'm done not saying you, but the people who say that to me, I'm like, dude, I got news for you. To this day. I came up with Jamie Hatebreed and stuff. He became a huge star in the metal community, and I could still call him up and he'll take my call, even though I'm a little club guy in, in Queens now. He plays arenas because we are friends, and we came up together, and not all people do that. I think people watch too many movies where it's like, oh, abandon your friends is part of the course when you become a star. No, it isn't. If you ever see the hip-hop guys, they never abandon their friends. They have their friends ride the, the gravy train with them, and they their friends with them not everybody turns on their friends because they get some stardom i I don't know where people get that in their heads that people do that all the time maybe they have bad experiences but i kept all my friends who became stars Eh, just people people just like to stir the shit but you know with oh they do they definitely with cross with with cross you know i know i know you're about this at you know at length but Sorry about that. I was clearing my throat. Uh, you know the, the whole okay. thing. The whole thing with Nia Jax, which is basically you know, a nothing burger, like you know Joey Numbers would say. I mm-hmm. f- I found it interesting. You know when you when you mentioned, you know that you know Cross that you know he didn't really he just kind of like backed away from it and didn't really reply, and you know WWE just said hey you know good for you you didn't you didn't like you know get involved, and you know you made a good point where. You, you know, you were saying Cross was like, you know, let me let me kind of think of this from another perspective. My girlfriend is in the company. She's more than likely going to have a top spot. And, you know, what happens if, you know, she gets to the main roster and all these girls, you know, they decide to treat her like shit because of me. So I got I got to think about other people than myself. And again, you know, Cross, exactly. Cross, I, I don't I don't know him that well. You know, him a lot better than me. Um, he, he's just, he just comes across as a, as a stand-up guy. Um, uh, one, one, one joke I made was that, you know, Cross could have easily said something and I had a feeling if he really wanted to do it, he, he really, he probably could have made her cry. Like he, he seems like a nice guy, but you probably don't want to fuck with him. Like, you don't want to cross him. Well, I, could, I could tell you something he said to me. I don't think he'll mind that he told me this. Like I said, I won't give word verbatim what he wrote me. But, uh, you know, he thanked me for taking his back on the uh, thing and that uh, he had gotten no heat over it or anything like that in, in the back. As a matter of fact, he was with uh, Triple H and some other people uh, plotting and planning for, uh, you know, upcoming weeks for NXT. And he didn't even hear anything about it. And then when he did bring it up to a certain person who's a higher up in NXT, it wasn't Triple H, but he didn't tell me who it was, that the person actually applauded him and said, just ignore it. It's just nothing to do with you or your career. And as I, why she said that, they have no idea. That was kind of inappropriate. Uh, she hasn't been around in a year. So they found that they almost had like a chuckle over it. Like she's coming back and throwing a weight around. Like, you know, uh, you know, you haven't even been, you know, you haven't been back for five minutes, you know, and you're, you're going after our top prospect NXT talent in a division you don't even wrestle in. You know what I mean? So uh, again, then just like, you know, he wasn't going to justify her, Hey, hey, minor leaguer, I'm in the big time and you're an NXT developmental. Clearly, she knows nothing about him and he wasn't going to placate to her, uh, you know, fucking her, uh, whatever her authoritarian, authoritative bullshit thing that she feels she has to do to NXT talent. He wasn't going to play that game. Kind of like what they did to Matt Riddle. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, in other words, like, it's like we're on the same team in case Nia's not aware we work for the same company. 
So, and if I'm going to be told to sit down, I'll be told to sit down and shut the fuck up by Vince or Triple H and nobody else. So, to him, he was like, and it's a female. What is he going to do? He said, if it was a guy, he probably would have a different response. But as a he just shrugged his shoulders and said, what's that all about? Strange. He just thought it was a strange, weird thing to do. And uh, I guess welcome to the WWE on her behalf. But that's not the way he feels treated. He feels he's been treated excellent by everybody in NXT. He's having a great time. You know, his kind of his demeanor and his personality. It kind of reminds me of Roman in some in some smart aspects. guy. He's a very 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 intelligent guy. Very oh intelligent oh guy. yeah, very well spoken. The guy the guy seems mm-hmm. like he knows what he's talking about when he when he talks. And again, he just comes as a good dude. And you know, kind of like Roman in some aspects. You know, and yeah. you know, Roman was kind of going through those bouts where he kind of would put his foot in his mouth at times. And I think you know. And then, you know, I hate to bring this up all the time, you know, when you have a disease that can literally get you like that at any time, it makes you a lot more humble. And, right. you know, Roman's demeanor, his personality, you know, even his character on TV, they've all changed. And it kind of reminds me of Cross in some aspects, you know, and I I don't know if you saw it in the chat. I'd put, you know, a matchup between Cross and Roman seems seems like a very interesting matchup because you have two guys who are kind of built the same. I think you know Roman's a little bit more, a little bit more musclier, a little bit more thicker. Uh, you know, you know Cross is in good shape. Um, he's a lot more taller. You have two guys that look like they can beat the shit out of each other and have a good match. Yeah, no, exactly. I think again, he's going to do amazing things, and maybe it's perceived that I overdo it with propping him and pushing him, but. I've also never been in a position where someone who's an old fan of our podcast, who I, I know his name and his real name before he was killed across of a listener and who has wrote to us over the years and stuff, uh, have seen anything like this. So I'm excited because this is a guy who was a fan of the shows before he even decided to become a wrestler, was a podcast fan, was a fan of what we did 10 years ago. He's been in the wrestling business seven years. He was a fan of ours for over 11 years. So again, uh, in a way, we were inspired. As a matter of fact, I, you know, we, he had said to me, talk about putting me over, that uh, he was excited that I decided to follow him when he followed me on Twitter. And I thought, and he meant that he was he wasn't saying that to like you know put a shine on me. He was saying, no, dude. I was like, Kevin Castle's following me, and I was like, ah, get the fuck out of here. He's like, no, sir, dude, you don't understand. He goes, uh, you know, before I was just. A wrestling fan before i decided to even get into the business i go to the gym on my headphones i have you guys on the show he goes when you guys made the rolling stone i'm so proud of you guys and again to hear that is again and you see a guy who might be might be the next big thing in the wwe who was just a fan 10 years ago when, when does this ever happen so of course i'm excited for him and of course i'm going to put him over i when else would I ever be in this position to do that for anybody else you know what I'm saying? So again, some people might feel, "Oh, Kevin's," and I'm like, "But not for nothing. It's 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 a good thing to do that for your friends and for someone who was supportive of you." And you're right. You, you have to be the same way on the people on the way down. The same way. If you always keep the same, treat people the same way, big, small, whatever. They were always you. Were always just cool. They will always be cool to you. And I've learned that over the. I'm in the the nightclub as I book national acts so clearly there are some people who are yes thumb their nose at you whatever look down on you there's some people who totally have it in them to just be you know uh well grounded and just very respectful and everybody's equal and those are the best people to find cross i don't think has it in him to be a 
well, you know, fuck these guys. I use them. I, I need a podcast to put me over, but now I'm a star. So fuck everybody. And I think people who want to believe that I just have bad experiences with people. Uh, and listen, I have them too. I've run into some bands who turned into total assholes when they became national acts. No names mentioned, but you know, uh, obnoxious. But then there's there's other there's other people who have been just cool the whole way. So it's my pleasure to help anybody who has been the same to me all the time. And they change. Trust me. If you ever hear me not putting them over anymore, you will know that we had some sort of falling out. But I, I doubt that'll happen because there's no reason for us to have a falling out. You know what I mean? Exactly, man. And and again. I, I hope nothing, nothing but the best. My, oh my God, nothing you know, f- but the best for Cross. Um, I have a feeling he's like somebody that would like because yeah, I and this think. is what this is why I kind of compared him to Roman because you know Vince likes Roman, you know, for a multitude of reasons. But I think he likes Roman because Roman just seems like a good guy. Roman seems like a stand-up. He's 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 a guy who fits that locker room persona, locker room leader persona. I well, think, I think I Cross. Think, go ahead. He's more of a smash mouth type of guy, Cross. Cross is more – the best way I could describe Killer Cross uh, is he's a combina- – and he wouldn't be offended by this at all. He's a combination of Steve Austin, old school Steve Austin, mm-hmm. when Steve Austin was first coming up, uh, The Rock, mm-hmm. Batista, and Chris Benoit. That's my best – as far as a wrestling and a shooter and a smash mouth guy like Austin and Benoit were – a personality where the, he can rock. He has a magnetic smile. He's a good-looking guy. I'm a heterosexual guy. He's a good-looking guy. He's got the hottest girlfriend on the planet. So clearly, you know, he's an attractive guy. Uh, I can see him having that guys want to be like him, girls want to be with him, kids think he's cool factor. That's how you get to be a big star. The girls like you in a sexual manner. The, the guys are non-threatened by you because you're cool you're like you're not a pretty boy you don't look like brett michaels from poison i, I don't want to die the guys like that turn me off this guy's cool and then the kids see him as oh my god this guy's like a superman that's the whole factor of making you a major superstar john cena the rock steve austin go up and down the line and look at those guys like that even the second tier top guys kurt angle edge they have some of that factor too a lot of girls like kurt angle thought he was an attractive guy a lot of girls like edge but also guys think they're cool and then the kids think these guys are like superheroes. You have to have all those it factors to become a major player. You can become a star, but to become a real top star, you have to have all those it factors that I talked about. All three uh, fan bases, guys, girls, kids, have to find a reason to like you. And it could be physical. It could be your game. It could be your talking game. It could be your wrestling game. Or it could be just your presence. That's what Ultimate Warrior had. You know what I mean? That's what Warrior had. You know, now you could say, well, Hogan would have his Hogan exception to rule because did women really think Hogan was attractive? Believe it or not, yes. Yeah. In the early days, Hogan got girls and Hogan got chicks back in the day. In Hogan's early days, yeah, women liked Hogan. That's true. You know, that's you have to have all those it factors in wrestling. It's like an actor. It's like why a reason you go to the movies. You might like Brad Pitt because Brad Pitt turned out to be a pretty good actor. But guess what? Your girl still likes Brad Pitt because he's a good-looking guy. And that, so you both are getting what you want out of the movie. You know what I'm saying? You can go see an actor that you can agree upon, but you know, you, again, that's that's really wrestling's appeal is that cross sectional thing. See, I think Finn Balor lacks that because personally, I think he's a good looking guy. The girls like him, but he's kind of he's kind of twinkish, as my brother John will say. <laughs> I know he's a heterosexual guy, but he's kind of 
he he's not that manly kind of Batista uh, kind of uh, uh, Steve Austin kind of Undertaker manly type of guy. So a lot of guys are kind of like Finn Balor with those little shorts and shit. It's like, eh, I don't know about that. So that's why I don't think Finn's ever going to have that total spectrum. You know what I'm saying? And also, he's not that big of a guy, so little kids don't see him as a Superman. They don't see him as, oh, he's bigger than my dad. He's larger than life. Believe it or not, Drew, I think a lot of that stuff, people want to pretend that that doesn't exist in the ga- in the, in the process of uh, making the stuff. But it does. It's like making the, the perfect ingredient soup, and you have to have all those things in it. And people like to dismiss that and go, it doesn't matter if the girls like him. It doesn't matter if the kids like him. Yes, it does, because that's the whole, that's how you get fans. You know? And if you want just a little cross-section of fans – great you have your little underground following but if you want the whole shebang and be a be a rich motherfucker in this business you're going to want to be and the rock and let's be honest steve austin undertaker are once in a lifetime but i'm telling you if i have it sounds crazy i'm gonna go out and say this and you can go back a couple years from now say kev said this i think killer cross is going to be a huge star a huge star beyond kevin owens seth rollins forget it beyond that I'm going to go, I'm not going to say Rock or Austin, that would be crazy. But I will say, I'm going to put him on, he'll get to be as big as an angle or an edge, in my opinion. If he stays injury-free, and if they let him do his thing. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, with, with someone like Kill Cross, you know, he kind of has that big target on his back because, you know, guys like you, guys like me, you know, everybody else, we're, we're yeah. singing his praises, and deservingly so. Triple H, you know, sees him and just goes, oh, man, like, I'm gonna have so much fun with this guy. Like he's he's gonna make us so much yeah. fucking money. And I'm pretty. And again, going back to what I said about Vince, I'm pretty sure Vince, if Vince sees this guy talk for even ten seconds, he will go get this motherfucker on my on my TV show like right fucking now. And right. it, and it makes sense. I also think that could maybe, I wouldn't say do him harm, but like because you have all this talk about him and a lot of these guys like like a Roman. I wouldn't think Roman would be like this because he doesn't strike me as a jealous type of guy. But someone like a, let's say Seth Rollins, who's like, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm the top guy, and this guy hasn't really done anything. You know, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that sure, will, sure. that will happen, but it doesn't just happen in wrestling; it happens everywhere else. Um, and I think for a guy like Cross, you bring him on the main roster. This is kind of the way you can get rid of other people, like. And I'm pretty sure this won't ever happen. But a guy like Baron Corbin, he sees Cross and goes, "Oh fuck!" Yeah. Like he, like he just has to think, "Oh god!" Like my my supposed top spot is kind of in jeopardy. Um, and also, and also, did you did you hear what Brian said about Baron Corbin? Uh, no, but I love I, Brian Lass has, has uh, become one of my absolute favorite podcasters. And Jim Cornette, just I listen to it religiously. I mean, to the point I'm almost you don't want to talk about want to get me uh, to pop big time as if Brian Lass or Jim Cornette would follow me or acknowledge me. Mm-hmm. And I know Brian is is just a regular guy. He's not a wrestling star or anything. But again, I think they keep kind of keep their click uh, base close. Those two, and I think uh, which is fine. I mean, Jim Cornette's kind of you know the most offensive man I've ever seen. But uh, I think that would, I, I, that would get a, a big rise out of me if I got if, as much Brian, that's as much as Jim Cornette. Cause I'm such a fan. And if I get to meet a, a podcaster down the road, if it's ever a podcasters row or something, I'd love to meet uh, a Brian last. 
I just, I just think we would get along famously. Plus, we're both big Mets fans, so I think <laughs> we get along really well. But he says, for, he, he's another guy who says what's on his mind. Like, I know he hates Jake the Snake Roberts mm-hmm. uh, for something that he, that some personal reason. Um, I'm, I, I think Jake is kind of a slimy guy, too, in a lot of ways. I get it. He's off the, the sauce and he's off the drugs. But he did a lot of fucked up shit. And sometimes you kind of look at people who kind of are in recovery. That's fine. But they burned a lot of bridges over those 20 years. And that goes on in the club business, too, with people who are ex-addicts and, you know, doing the 12 steps. And you're kind of like, cool, I accept your apology. I've had to deal with people who stole from clubs that we work came around going, yeah, I was on drugs back then. And you kind of, but you kind of watch them with one eye because you want to see if they really changed. You know what I mean? But, you know, kind of getting off track. But Brian last calls things like he sees them. I think he's not disingenuous. And I think he's just, a, he's a cool dude. I'm a big fan. So anything you tell me, I'd be like, I'm probably going to pop for it anyway. Because everything, I, there's a lot of quotable things he said. But what did he say in this particular situation about that? So so I was listening to the, the drive-thru when uh, they were reviewing Mania. And while that was happening, I was cutting the grass. You know, whenever I'm like doing outside work, I'll just put on podcasts mainly. And they were reviewing the Baron Corbin and uh, Elias match. And, you know, Jim Cornette already doesn't like Baron Corbin. He, I think he called him, like, was it the the mayor of the Possum Day Parade or something like that? Um, mm-hmm. Brian, <laughs> Brian Lass, what he said was funny, but it was actually true. And I'm, and I'm kicking myself that I never thought about it until now. He's terrorizing. Corbin doesn't look like somebody that an adult should be afraid of. He looks more like a villain on a, on a children's TV show. Mm-hmm. And... I, you know, and it's one of those things where, again, it was funny, but I think it was just like, wow, that makes sense. Cause you know, right after that, you know, I just say, and, and I tagged a minute cause I didn't really think that, and I had a feeling Brian might respond and he did. He actually, you know, liked my tweet that I tagged him in and he retweeted it and Jim Cornette actually retweeted it as well, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, cause I tagged them both in it and it's it's not as fun as the way he described Cody Rhodes' tattoo, where he said, you know, his neck ta- his neck tattoo looks like a transformer, apparently. Where he had said, you know, he has a he has a neck tattoo on his chest and he has a chest tattoo on his neck. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's actually pretty that's actually uh very uh very on point actually. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, Brian um, Brian Lass is probably like the best kept secret in podcasting. He is. He's he's one of the best kept secrets. Uh, but he's got a lot of connections. He does a lot of shows. I thought Don Tony did a lot of shows. Brian's got like seven shows or something like that. See, uh, the one thing I'll say about uh, podcasting is I think sometimes too much is too much. Um, you know, there's times where I wish I had another show besides Monday and the, the Chronicles that I do once a week. And I was we were doing the Friday Night Wildcard, and then that got pulled for some reason. Uh, and uh, I, but I think you know a week or whatever. Brian does like a lot of podcasts. That's a little too much for me. So what I do with Brian, so I don't wind up resenting him. I, you know, and say no, I can't listen to him anymore. It's too much. I, I listen. I listen. I listen to the drive-in and the cornet stuff. I listen to all this stuff with Cornet. I do like his his solo quote unquote stuff. But he and him and Cornet are gold together. So it's just like some people who prefer me and DT together and won't remotely listen to DT on his own or listen to me on my own and just like the dichotomy of the two of us on my. That's fine. And and for me with Brian, that's how I feel. It's like Brian does do good stuff, but he's got so many shows. I started listening to some of his other shows, but I'm like, nope. My road best traveled is him with. I love them too. 
and I am religiously listening to those two shows a week that they put on together. I, I don't miss an episode. Uh, and I, I'm surprised I didn't catch what you said on them, but it does sound familiar. I think I might have heard him say that about the tattoo thing. Sorry, I hear, you hear a dog in my backyard. Oh, no, no worries. But, uh, yeah, that, like we said, Brian, you know, he's, I, I didn't realize he had this many shows. Um, you know, you know, there's the two oh, yeah, shows he does with Jim. And then, you know, and, and it's weird because I forget it because he mentioned, literally mentions in every show where he goes, you know, the 605 podcast, the mothership, and he, you know, yells it, you know, the mothership. Big crap. Yeah, it's all, well, I think he's, he's a host of several shows and the producer of several other ones on that, that, that uh, uh, Robert Fuller and some of these other old school classics that he does. He has a bunch of shows. He's got a plethora of them, actually. Yeah, I think he's, and I, I believe he's doing what you just said. I think he's doing like a cool wrestling review thing with someone like someone who was in the business as well. And I don't know. I, I might, I might give the other podcast a chance, but um, oh, you can only listen to so much. You know, there's, there's only so much. You know, there's. I mean, I've have the time now, but um, again, and I listen, and and, and it's clear because is a friend. Uh, you know, I don't want to come to it down too dark because I was coming off of a, as I'm on the show, I was coming off of a thing with, uh, uh, with stuff uh, with uh, the JD post with the edge thing, because I just thought it was, you know, again, I, I'm probably not even going to go much further on it. I just basically said, I disagree with your homeboy. And that's all I left it at. Uh, because, because, because my reasons should be obvious. You know I mean? What edge said is right. In a pandemic, we should be, you know, fans should be more grateful that people are putting themselves out there. Agreed. There's nothing for me to really elaborate on. So even if some of his trollish fans want to go after me, that, that's fine because uh, I'm just not interested, to be honest, with you, because it kind of just shows the maturity level. You know what I mean? And, and not for nothing, if someone in their family gets coronavirus, you won't be seeing them talk about wrestling too much. It's it's kind of it's kind of like in the soup we you know, covered this, where you know there was like some I think it was like a blogger or a podcaster that you know was. You know about you know the debut of Lance Hoyt on AEW it was like, you know, in 2020, why is a big man, little man matchup, you know, relevant in wrestling? And you know, right. to which to which Joe was like, okay, so everything is going on in the war right now, and you're more worried about a fake fight on on a wrestling show. It, 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 and I'm agreeing with you. It can it can be very ridiculous because it's like there's a lot more going on in this world that means so much more than wrestling. Right, there's so much more, and there is not not to say that you're not allowed to complain about anything, but it's just don't try to make something that's really not that important over something that is literally killing people. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean exactly. I mean, <laughs> again, uh, I'm not trying to make this about this, but just because you're on a show and you're another, you're a podcaster. And you may not be as big as uh, Super JD or us and stuff, but you're upcoming, and maybe one day you will be. And uh, but in the meantime, you know, it's kind of navigating the proper way of being a podcaster. And I just, again, I I make it very clear when I post jokes on Twitter, LOLs, my winking faces and stuff. It's obvious when I'm joking around. People call me plugging this show and what I posted. Uh, did you see what I posted to plug this show before? I did. <laughs> On, uh, twi- on Twitter? Okay, let, let me read it to you. I said, I'm going to be on the Drew Yari show at 6 p.m. I hope Drew understands that the ratings boost that he would actually get more people if I actually don't appear on the show. So I'm making fun of myself. LOL. I says, but he wants me on anyway. 
So, so again, making fun of myself, taking an obvious haha at myself. But I think someone in podcasting, no names mentioned, but I think you know who I'm talking about, says, I'm tired of hearing this pandemic bullshit as an excuse. What? Like, to me, like, I, I, I was talking about that uh, wrestlers shouldn't use the pandemic as an excuse. I'm like, everyone's using the pandemic as an excuse. There's no people in the audience, so why should Edge do any more of the job that he did for what? He's already putting himself at risk. I don't get what more you want from the man. You know what I'm saying? And so he's not making excuses. He's telling you they did the best they could. If you don't like it, too fucking bad. I'm a fan. I'm entitled to my opinion. It just comes off as so ridiculous. I, I don't even understand that. And and the pandemic is a bullshit excuse. No, it's not. There we we can't even. Go, I can't. There are no stores open in my neighborhood. Not one store. So what bullshit? We're locked in our houses. There's police walk going around neighborhoods with bullhorns. Stay inside. What excuse? It's a fucking reality. So I'm like, again, podcasting is a privilege. And I think that you have to fucking use your brain and use your fucking head things because there are minions that follow you. And let's be honest, Drew. Let's be totally honest, okay? Something that maybe a lot of pilots would be afraid to say. There are some people who listen to our shows that are not right in the head. And I mean that not in an insulting way, but I mean in a possibly dangerous and something going on there that a little bit talk about triggered, uh, you know, like the, the schools get shot up by certain people like this. I mean, not even joking around. There are people who are on one step on the edge already. And for some reason, wrestling is their life and puts them over the top. And if you tell them, you know, do this or do, do that or go on someone's page and troll them and stuff. First of all, I'm a goddamn man. I'll be damned if anybody's going to tell me like I'm some prison bitch what to do. I will. T- I take orders from no fucking men. So it's like, you know, that, that's why I think it's funny when everyone's like, oh, Don Tony. I'm like, Don Tony's never told me anyway indirectly what to do. He's never told me to my face because he fucking knows better. And he got a dose of my brother John of how we feel about that because we don't like anybody telling us what to do. You're going to ask me to do something. That's fine. Don't ever tell me what to do unless you my the only person told me what to do is six feet under buried in a grave right now i'm at 51 years old uh nobody tells me what to do Mm. so again someone telling go to someone's page and flood them now like look if you see me getting attacked by someone you say kevin's my friend i'm gonna go take up for him uh because no one else is and i think it's kind of foul and kev's right and i agree with him that that's totally cool but you think I would ever say, Drew, do me a favor. Go put yourself out there and get yourself in the problem with me because no one's coming to my rescue. Uh, you know, I, you know what kind of man does that? You know what I mean? If you're going to go out, that's why, to me, I, I, you know how I diffuse situations? I don't even respond anymore. I just get to the point where, ah, I'm disinterested. Let's have some real good one-liners, then I'll go at it. You know what I mean? But I, I get totally disinterested on Twitter with arguing over a predetermined sport and in pandemic conditions, if someone is saying, no, 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 despite the pandemic, they still, nobody owes anybody anything. You know, you know, we owe, we owe it to our family, we owe it to our friends. We owe to our fans to do a show. Drew Yari's show is supposed to be on this time every week. That's our obligation. But that's where it ends. You know, what, what else do we owe anybody? You know, so again, being a podcast is a privilege. And I think you shouldn't spew out nonsense and kind of sick people on people like agree with me. And if they don't agree with you, go get them. It's like, what are we, a bunch of dogs, you know, have a, be an individual, be a strong personality. And that's one thing I'm proud of my brother 
that he's done. He's become the, this kiss-ass chorus. He loves being on wrestling, so he supports the guys. But I can tell you right now, Mish doesn't necessarily agree with everything that my brother tweets out. I don't necessarily agree with everything my brother tweets out. You know what I'm saying? But that's his cross to bear. Just like it's mine. No one's going to tell me, hey, Kev, uh, maybe you shouldn't put Kill Cross over so much. Fuck, I'll do whatever I want. It's my fucking page. You know what I'm saying, Drew? I'm not going to go by what other people think I should do, but I'll be careful about how I do it, and I'll do it in a way that it doesn't come off too like off-putting to people. I want to keep my fan base happy. I want to keep the people who support me happy, not let them think I'm going over the top. But I think if I ever felt compelled to go – Guys, you know, with, with this bullshit pandemic that's going on, you know, don't you think the wrestlers should do a lot more for us? People would say, Kev, that's kind of a real weird thing to say. Like, aren't you a guy who lost his job because of the pandemic and you don't sympathize with what's going on? See where I'm going with this, Drew? Mm-hmm. See where I'm going with this? It's like I, I the pandemic has affected Kevin Scandato big time. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That That affects Kevin Castle, too. So maybe that's why I'm getting, like, a little passionate now about – Certain podcasters tweeting out stuff like uh, wrestlers using an excuse of the pandemic. Is the pandemic an excuse that I have a lot of free time on my hands now to because I have no job right now? So is that an excuse for me to not work? No, it's a pretty valid excuse. My job is frozen right now. I'm waiting for it to unfreeze so I can go back. But uh, am I supposed to now be a, a you know do something else and, and show people something because uh, I don't want to look at that as an excuse that I'm not being productive as I should be? I think it's a pretty fucking excuse. I don't think anybody should ever question how the pandemic has affected not only wrestling, but all of us on a personal and business level. I just think it's irresponsible. It's just, it's just another example of people like loving to play armchair detective and try and dictate what goes on and micromanage everything. It's, you know, kind of like, you know, when Roman put out that video, when you got, you guys played on the show where, He's like, you know, people are assuming why I'm, you know, stepping out of mania. You don't know my situation. You know, you don't know if I have, if I have an older relative exactly. living with me. I have kids, you know, A, B, C, and D. It's like nobody knows the fucking situation. And for you to sit there and try and dictate to people how they should act and shouldn't act, it's like, hey, shut the fuck up. Like, seriously, like people exactly. can people can react positively about this if they want. You know, people, you know, going back to Edge, Edge can say whatever the hell he wants. Ed, you know, Edge is not in the wrong here. And, no. um, you're not, you're definitely not in the wrong here. You know, nobody is in the wrong for feeling how they're feeling about certain things, especially during this pandemic. You know, the, you know this pandemic is, is a surefire way as an excuse as to why you know, wrestling is the way it is, as, you know, people are, are complaining about why wrestling is the way it is, you know, it, right. same thing, same thing with you, you know, it affected you like, you know, massively. And, you know, you have all this free time. If anyone, if anyone has a right to complain about this pandemic, you know, it's obviously you, you know, you have the right to come on my show and voice your frustrations. You have the right to go on your show with DT on, you know, your, your solo show, your, your show, sure. with, your show with Trez, you know, your social media, you can say literally whatever the fuck you want. And well, that's why. What that's why. Me and Trez are going to settle that in the ring. <laughs> which she hasn't oh. showed. Which she hasn't showed up yet. Uh. She has. I know. She hasn't even showed up. I know. Exactly. <laughs> She's trying to put her army together. But no, I appreciate you saying that, man. And, and again, um, I don't have any like vitriol towards anybody or any kind of venom. 
I'm just, uh, again, overly sensitive to the fact. And I think Draper is too. And I think if you, you saw, and my brother wouldn't mind me saying this, because that whole dust up of Draper and DT was because Draper felt DT was disrespecting people whose lives were greatly affected, who might not have a lot of money. Draper was basically sticking up for every man. He wasn't sticking up for me. He was sticking up for people in the bars and the clubs. But Draper is a big supporter of the underground music scene and stuff. Bands whose tour, they lost their tour support and their money and their rental space fee. And their, you know, they can't, oh, everything is just up in an upheaval. And my brother was overly sensitive and he reacted to it. And of course, DT over explained himself and blah, blah, blah. But, but again, and, and, and it dusted up again because my brother is, is kind of looking for people who are being insensitive to the thing, not to get into a fight with people, but because he wants people to know if you are a podcaster, you have a responsibility to, so you can speak, you know, as people say, my truth, but your not the truth that should be spewed out keep that those opinions to yourself i mean again for someone to say to me and listen i'm sure behind my back absolutely behind my back because no one would do it to my face not a fucking man alive would do it to my face not a man alive okay uh and Clint, certainly not any podcast they wouldn't have the balls to fucking do it not even close to say well you know Kev probably should have saved a little bit better over the years. Maybe you wouldn't be in this position right now. Ah, now, that, get, that, get that, that, that would be right. No, 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 no. But don't doubt that it's not been said. And me and my brother know it's been said. And my brother's same thing for his situation, too. I'm sure it's been. But they wouldn't dare say it to me because I'd say, asshole. First of all, do you know that half this country lives check to check? Check to check means check spent Nothing else till the next check comes in. Half of America lives like that. So maybe your click or whatever, where you get a new car every year, or you go and get a new lease on a boat, or you rent a new property every year, or you invest in this and that, you have it like that, great. But don't pretend to walk in another man's shoes that you don't walk in. And don't tell me about 20 years ago you were that. I don't really want to hear about that. That was you 35 years ago. No, you were never me. You don't look like me. You were never me. And you don't do what I do for a living. We're not alike. Uh, you know, it stops here. We're both white, and that's where it stops. So I don't don't pretend. I, I can't stand that. And I never give, when I manage my bands that I have, the young bands, and I manage an all-African-American band where every member is African-American, except one member is Indian. Uh, I manage a bunch of bands with different I manage a female-fronted hardcore band, Apparition, where, you know, managing a woman, a young girl in a band has been a task for me. But when I talk to them, I don't talk down to them. I talk to them, and I explain to them from my life experiences being on the planet for 15 years, here's my take. I am also not black, and I am also not a girl. So here's me coming at you, middle-aged white guy. Here's my advice to you. And they could say, thanks, Uncle Kev. I'll take that. That makes a lot of sense. But I don't give them this lecture where I say, let me, let me, let me sit down and sit around the campfire, and let me tell you why I'm right and you're wrong. you you got to – navigate more carefully and i think that's a problem in podcasting too where we have a platform to just say whatever we want so some nonsense will come out of our mouth and then we can't walk it back because that would look uncool we look like we're caving into the pc or whatever but listen we've all been on shows and i don't know if you've done this too drew i have been on shows where i cringe at something i might have said that was like off-putting the people or i might have said a misogynistic comment or something about a woman or something where i maybe went a little bit too far um, and I would say to myself, 
you know, maybe I should maybe retract. And then, like, I have podcasts and you go, no, dude, that'll make you look weak if you do that. Like, you get so many people try and put stuff in your head. But I think you know what the right thing is to do as a person. So I have no problem apologizing when I'm wrong. I have no problem apologizing to an individual when I'm wrong. In the club business, I've made some booking faux pas in my business. And I said, you know what? In hindsight, I didn't put together a good lineup tonight. It's my fault. My bad. I think you have to be humble and admit. But I think sometimes podcasters just think they're, like, above the fray when it comes to saying – I, I, I shit the bed on that, and my opinion was garbage on that. And I said something that I wasn't – I shouldn't have said that. So uh, The good thing about podcasts is you can always go back and do a show. You can always edit. You can you know, you know have the power of editing where you catch it before you air it, and you can edit it. But then there's times the next week where you come back, and there's been many times I felt like, yeah, you know, let me just touch upon something I said last week. I've done that on Chronicles. I've apologized for a few things sometimes. You've probably heard it. You know what I mean? Uh, or maybe I felt like I was uh, not uh, – I was maybe being a dick to Trez or something like that. This dog is like right at my door. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, it, it, it's so funny he's got a face right in my window. Um, it's a Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs> and so, again, the good thing about the podcast is I say I can always make it up on the next show. But I don't think um, – I kind of know when I fuck up on a podcast. I kind of, I sense it at this point. I think that's the one thing about me is that I kind of know where I, I just said something that I make myself cringe. You know what I mean? So again, on Twitter, it's the same thing. You can always tweet and delete as they say. And I've had to do that. I've seen my brother. Everyone's kind of done that. I think everyone has been posted something on Twitter and they're just like, yeah, I'm, I, I, the next day, I don't feel this way. I'm going to take it down. And I think it's funny of people who make fun of people who do that. All you're doing is correcting a mistake you made. Unlike Facebook, you have to delete the whole thing. You can't go in and edit it and rewrite it and, and write an asterisk next to it. You have to literally delete the fucking thing. That's what's good about Facebook. You could go in and, and self-edit and stuff, rewrite some. Oh, I spelled that word wrong. You know what I mean, Drew? You can go in and, and fix that. On Twitter, it's kind of because I've seen even my brother do it. He's misspelled stuff, and people are like, oh, John, you misspelled He goes, yeah, dick, I know. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> so then he'll wind up, he'll wind up deleting it. And I, I would do the same thing, but it's funny that people are like, oh, well, they deleted that tweet and they're trying to call you out. I'm like, yeah, because there was a bunch of misspellings and I did it fast from my phone and I wanted to put my thoughts together better, so I deleted it. There's no like, cons- there's no like big scandal. Oh, he'd regret it. No, I, sometimes I look at it, I'm like, that wasn't funny. I, you know me, I post a lot of ha's about whether it's natty or something like that, and I'm like, oh no, I got a better joke than that, so I'll delete it and I'll come up with something better, and I'm glad that I posted it. You know what I'm saying? So it's mostly, it's almost like self-editing because you're not happy with uh, how you came off. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God, this dog is too funny. <laughs> hey, you want to come on the show? Yeah, why not? Whatever, Jack Russell, ter- Jack Russell Terry on the show? <laughs> my, my cat's lying right next to, my cat's lying right next on the floor. Yeah, I know. He's, he's, uh, he's got a problem with uh, uh, JD show. But uh, I, 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 I was going to say, no, and I love it. But see, you know, that's the one thing I say why Solo Monster is just so brilliant because he, uh, he manages to piss off very people. He's, you know, he's a Brooklyn kid, and he grew up in, in, in the same town as a matter of fact, and Sheep said, hey. But he's, I think he's a guy who can't be triggered as much as some of us other podcasters can. And he's such a nice overall liked guy in the community that you're like a real asshole if you go after Jason. You know what I mean? Like all of us other guys, you could go after all of us. Me, DT, Draper, Joey Numbers, we're all very polarizing guys. But to me, when I see someone attack Jason, I'm like, it's almost like attacking a panda bear. Why are you doing that? You know what I mean? 
So and, and I mean that in the nicest way. Jason's a sweetheart of a guy. No, I get you. Know, you. Like I, he, I don't really have. It's just like, I don't really have too much interaction with Jason, but you know, he just again, like you said, he comes across as just a kind of a sweetheart of a guy. Like he, yeah, he, he seems like he wouldn't harm a fly. Like he, he just seems right. like too, like like too much of a nice guy. And like you mm-hmm. said, you know, if you have a problem with Jason, then you might as well like like a puppy or something. Like it's just you can't oh. you can't have a problem with a guy like that. You know, it, it's just impossible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that dog really wants to get on the show. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know why she, she just doesn't go away. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it like your neighbors? Why. Is it like your neighbor's dog or who is it? Right. Uh, yeah, no, it's my landlord's dog actually. Mm-hmm. My landlord's dog. <laughs> Yeah, it's my landlord's dog. It's pretty funny. I <laughs> I see them trying. They're trying to pull her away from my door now. Actually, she's like waving to me. Yeah. Oh man, it's too funny. But uh, <laughs> oh man, the dog dot that. dot dot AEW bound. <laughs> What's that? I was gonna say your name, your landlord's dog dot 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 AEW bound. Yeah, it's probably my yeah. The dog is probably AEW bound. Uh, it's a Jack Russell Terrier. Like I don't know if you ever seen the show Frasier. You ever seen that show? Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. That, yeah, it's a dog they have on Frasier. Wasn't the same dog from Wishbone? What was that? That show, um, uh, Wishbone. Ah, uh, I don't even know what that is. I have no idea. It was on. It was on Wishbone. PBS. It was like a kid show. It was about a dog that like just had like all these adventures. It was. I don't know if anyone in the chat remembers Wishbone. It was like from the nineties. Slave dog Cheeks is saying mask. the dog from the ma- the mask the mask. Oh yeah, that dog sure. too. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. that. oh, that's, yeah. that's a cute, that's a cute dog, by the way. Um, so we pretty much covered everything we wanted to cover. Was there anything else you wanted to go over, man? Uh it is. Yeah, that's the dog. That's the dog. That's exactly back there. It is. That's 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 the dog. All right, he's going upstairs now. There he goes. Okay, he's going away now. <laughs> he's trying to find cats to kill, but uh, it's all late already, and they left the uh, yard a long time ago. Um, but yeah, that's the dog. I mean, it's a cute dog, just a pain in my balls. You know what I mean? Because they don't want to walk the dog in the street because everyone, you know, batting that everyone's fucking uh, bunkered down, so they let the dog in the backyard, which is part of my rental, but it's adjacent to their steps. So the dog goes out the back door and goes down the steps and is in my backyard. <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? My, my my landlord just gave me a break on the rent the next couple of months. I mean, not a tremendous break, but, you know, enough of a break. Um, so I'm trying to play ball with them. You know what I mean? Was it barking at you because it wanted to come in or was it just barking? You no, it just it, it sees me sitting at the desk here and, and I have my back my back porch door open with the uh, glass shut. Uh, the secondary door is shut and the dog is looking to see what's going on in here because sees the lights and sees the uh Someone's sitting at the table here, so it just sees me and just fascinated with uh, looking in the house. That's all. <laughs> now, I'm a pretty fascinating guy. I think the dog knows that I'm a star. So, You're the most interesting man in podcasting. I am the most interesting man in podcasting, without a shadow of a doubt. The most underrated, underutilized fucking <laughs> podcaster out there today. But uh, it's funny as I get more underrated, I still get more followers and, and more fan base. So I don't know how that works. I'm an underground favorite. I think you got what I think you got what it takes, Kevin. I think you got what it takes to after fifteen years I would think I, I sometimes I feel like I'm like new in the podcast. You know, when I'm like one of the OGs original, I mean there's D T, there's D, 
there's Jason Salmas, and there's Mish. I mean, that's pretty the core four. It's, you know, I mean, we were doing this before it was even called podcasting. I mean, Jason's acknowledged it several times. Um, so, again, um, you know, uh, some of these newer, more modern uh, podcasters. And, again, it's not like you throw your weight around and you listen – I'm not going to do to a, another podcast when I actually actually to kill a cross or do this seniority bullshit thing where do you know who you're talking to? Take a seat, old school, new, new Jack. You know what I'm saying? Newbie. So, so I mean, I could easily, I, I could easily do that to JD if I wanted to. But again, uh, to me, it's like this, this self-righteous seniority thing. It, it never works. And to be honest with you, Half the people don't re- listen. People don't respect each other in general in this society. You think they're going to respect? You know the only play- place you get respect when you're true. You know the truly the only place. Any of you guys listening? I'll tell you right now. The Sean will know. The Sean Kentner will know this very well. The only place you get respect when you're a true old school lifer is in prison. Seriously, it's the only. It's it's that's the only place you get respect is in jail when you're a long timer and you're a long termer. That's the fucking truth. Those are the, the young guys will come to you. How to survive? How do you navigate in this world? In regular society, senior citizens get beat down in the middle of the street. Nobody cares that they were World War II decorative hero. They don't care. There's no respect anymore for anything. So you think there might be one guy who will go on to to a page like a JD or one of these other guys' pages with his wackadoo fans and say, "Hey, dude, not for nothing. Show show Kevin or Don Tony or Mish or whatever some respect. They're around a long time." They won't even say, oh, yeah, dude, my bad. All due respect. I know you're around a long time. So, you know, hey, we can agree to disagree. They will curse you out even more. There's no respect. And plus, did they hide behind a computer anyway? Think any of these good? Listen, dude, I can't wait to the day that I go and do a meet and greet and everyone can see what a big, imposing guy that I am. That no one would ever say two words to me. But Trez laughs too because she's like, you're the coolest guy, but you have the coolest job. So it'd be funny if someone wants to confront you over not liking Chris Jericho. I'm like, I will bet you a million, million dollars that no one will say one bad word to my face. Not because I'm so bad, it's because. They now will be in reality and go, oh, shit. And they'll go, oh, dude, you know, that shit that I was saying online, I was just joking around. I'm like, of course you were. Of course you were. You think I'm threatened by anybody who listens to this show? You're in my world now, especially if you come to a club that I work at. I'm fine. I don't know if you're going to be fine, but I'll be fine. But I'm just saying that I think that that whole thing of I know it's a game half the time. But to me, someone who's so quick to curse out a stranger over a difference of opinion, I worry that people like that are allowed to walk the streets without a companion. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't, uh, to me, I've never one time, like if you say to me, hey, like me and you joke around on uh, Twitter, like you'll say something to me, I'll joke with you. We know each other. We know each other. We have it like that. To not have it like that with somebody and feel so comfortable that you feel that you can come at them with cursing and insulting their mother or something like that, that's kind of, that's disturbing to me. But I also know that in real life, they would be hiding in that fucking meet and greet. They're not going to say anything to your face. And then you'll meet them and realize, oh, you're the guy that talks shit to me. That's right. And then, oh, no, dude, I was just playing a character. I'm like, are you a podcaster? You're playing a character? So it's like, this is Easy Lover 69 and his real name is Brian, and he's from Ohio. That's fine. But, again, uh, you know, that's why I love doing the phone calls with the fans. Can I plug that for a second, actually? Um, the, I do every Friday, I do the ca- castle calling thing. Actually, I'm going to call Sean tomorrow. Uh, Sean, so I got to get your number. I think I have Sean's number. I got to get it again. So I, I call people and what I'm doing is, cause Mitch will say, oh, you know, I don't know. That might be dangerous. 
I go, Mish, I have as much information now on them as they do on me because now I have their number. And their thing registers on my phone like mine registers on theirs. So what could they do? I, they have to be a person with me now. Everyone I've called, by the way, on the Castle Calling Fridays have been fantastic. I learned more about people. I got to talk to Instructor Mike, and I got to talk to Mike Best Bargains. And these are real people who some are married and some have worked outside, the, you know, been all over the world. I found out fascinating things about people. Now, I'll never call a troll. My old thing to call somebody, they have to use their real first name. They have to use a real picture in their profile. And they have to be, they have to show me something of substance. I'm not going to call someone who's been hiding under a pseudonym and anonymity for all this time. They've never read themselves. Uh, so you have to, so what, what's happening here is people are like feeling comfortable enough to say, hey, Kev, here's my number. Here's, here's my work number. Call me at this time. What are they going to do to me now? Because I have as much information on them as they have on me now, right? So, and I haven't had a bad experience, but I know Mish was kind of concerned for me uh, doing it because he thought it might be a little bit too intrusive, a little bit too personal, that he personally would never do that. But if I feel comfortable doing it and the fans like it, it's going good, then, you know, God bless. But he thought it, you know, he even told me earlier, he was, I'm a little concerned about you doing that. And I was like, I'm, I'm not concerned. And I, and I appreciate his concern. You know what I'm saying? But again, if they're giving me their real name, I have the real names now and I have a phone number, I have as much on them as they have on me now. You know, and now I can, but again, it's been such pleasant conversations. I haven't had one bad experience. And uh, tomorrow I got to call four other people now, four new people. And it's, it's, and you know what? I have the time and I'm getting to know some of the fans. And I think when I get off the phone with them, they'll be even more dedicated to the DTKC show and the Patreon and stuff like that. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm solidifying the fan base even more because sometimes you don't throw money at things, you throw your time at things. And if you give them your time, that's as good as giving them a, a prize. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's not taking a shot at anybody. I'm saying that time is as good as money. You know what I mean? No, I get it, man. And, I, and also, um, I gave you my number a while back, and I've yet to get a phone call. <clears throat> yeah, no, it is. I mean, it's uh, again. I've, I've been having. A, I've been having a good time. And Scott is. Yeah, Scott, just leave me your number. I'll put you in the the pool. I got the four people picked out for tomorrow, but I'll add you to uh, next week's call list if Scott wants to write me uh, on a private message. Uh, so again, it's, I, I understand the concerns of it because, you know, it's intrusive. Oh, people have to, they know where you live. I'm like, what is anybody going to do to me? I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, come on, you know, over what? Because I supported Roman Reigns. So are they going to so, come here and murder me and my landlord? Uh, kill me in the jackpot area in the backyard? I mean, what are they going to do? Jesus. So uh, again, again, no, 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 but again, if I have your name and information, if you give me some weirdness, I got you. So, I mean, so you're putting yourself out there as much as I'm putting myself out there. That's the whole point. I'm not calling anybody who's not giving me a real name and a real phone number. Then you're out of the, you're out of the running if you're going to do that. If you're going to give me a fake name and some bullshit number, I'm not calling. You know, you ain't getting it. It's not happening. So I'm scouting out the people that I'm calling. I'm doing the research. Uh, and like I said, I'm not calling any trolls or cartoon people. I'm calling real people. And it's been a pleasure so far. I've gotten to have great conversations with people and getting to know like we're much more alike than you even think. You know what I'm saying? Cause remember I never hear, you know, Mike best bargains. I never heard Mike's voice before. Mike's been a fan for years and I got to talk to him. It was like talking to a friend that I went to school with. So it's, it's, it's been actually therapeutic for me because again, with the free time on my hands, I was looking to do something productive to help our show. And I helping our show by doing something that a podcaster has never done not calling people and recording it and putting it on here for everybody to listen to our private conversation, but me calling you like you call your brother or you call your friend or you mm -hmm. call your best friend. 
and I think fans are appreciating that. I've been getting really high marks on it. But again, the concern from other people was that people have too much information on me now. But here's my thing. What, what are they going to do with that? What's going to happen to me? You know, I'm just a podcaster. You know what I mean? I'm just a podcaster. What am I? You know what I mean? I work on the Don Tony Kevin Castle show. I don't make Conrad money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not, not I get you. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's get ready to bounce out in a bit. Um, sure. Go ahead and plug your stuff, man. Uh, the Kevin Castle and Don Tony show is on. Uh, <laughs> see what I did there, Andrew? Uh, the uh, Kevin Castle <laughs> yeah, and Don right. Tony show is on <laughs> is on Monday. It's on it's on Mondays. Uh, every month after. 11.15, but we've going, been going back to 11.05 because uh, we just decided now well, what's going on. We want to give people uh, enough bang for their buck, right? You know, not make them wait 15 minutes for the show to come on the air after Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, under pan- pandemic conditions, we're back to 11 o'clock start. Um, also, I have Chronicles and KNT Chronicles, which let me just say, you know, I'm serious. I love Trez, and I know you're very fond of her, too. And in real life, she's a real life, real life friend of mine. I'm going to be going to her wedding and everything. I mean, we're real life friends who see each other in real life. Uh, and I uh, couldn't be happier with the KNT Chronicles. I think I'll do a show and everything, but I'll be quite honest with you. If my solo show went away tomorrow and I just did KNT every week with Trez, I would be fine with that. I love the partnership thing. I love the two-man show. I'm not a solo guy by nature, even though I handle myself okay. On Castle Chronicles, but I love the partnership. I love the team. That's why my, my, my real dream podcast is to do a regular mainstream show with my brother John, not leaving DTKC. I'll always do the Monday with Anthony. I think he's committed as committed to me as I am to him. He's doing other things. I aspire to do other things too. And one of them is to do a uh, regular mainstream podcast with Draper. I think there is no brother team in podcasting. And I think with me and his personalities, we would be a big hit. I think that's money. And I don't know anybody could dispute that, to be honest with you. Uh, so shout out to my brother. Uh, but Trez, too. I mean, uh, one day, maybe if Trez wants to do it, try give a crack at the mainstream with, with a new type of show. Always doing the Patreon. Always sticking with the DTKC format. I'm never abandoning that. Uh, but I'm saying doing different things and new things with some people. I'm, I'm interested in doing that. And maybe even teaming up with a whole new person on an off night to do something experimental, like a show about music or a show about the, you know, the music industry. I don't know. I'm with the time on my hands, to be honest with you, I have to find some things to do with myself. Uh, and I do podcasting. So why wouldn't I do something in podcasting? So again, I'm open to all ideas. So anybody's even hearing that, or even has a suggestion or maybe an idea, hit me up, let me know. I'm open to, I'm open to anything, including with you, Drew, anything. I'm open to any kind of uh, ideas for new concepts. I have the time and I have the inclination to do it. So, and I thank you for having me on, by the way, inventing this stuff. Absolutely, man, and thank you for coming. And again, you know, absolutely. If you ever, you're you're always welcome back here. You can, you're always welcome back here, man. Um, if you just don't you, bring the dog, just don't bring the dog, right? Just don't bring the dog. Yeah, just don't bring the dog. Um, and I was gonna say, like, you know, hey, if you ever if you ever want to collaborate on something else other than this show, you know. I'm all ears. You, you know how to get all of me, man. Sure. No, I, I, I appreciate it. Like I said, it's as much escapism and a venting process and a, and, a, and a cathartic thing for me as it is for anybody to listen to me. It's for me to be able to get that stuff out. Uh, I couldn't even tell you how much I, I, I hated that I lost 15 minutes on the show with Trez the other day because of my, fire, my internet problems uh, because I was so looking forward to it. And you had to see the frustration and anger on my face when I realized that I couldn't be online 
to uh, get on the show on time. And thank God it cleared up and I was able to get on by 1030 and, you know, 15 minutes. But uh, again, I was so looking forward to that. I thought God was punishing me. I'm like, the one thing all day Tuesday I was looking forward to was that show. Then we had a good show that night. And I, I was sorry that I didn't get to stay on as long on the after chat. But again, uh, as what happened to Mish tonight, let me just give Mish a shout out because I got him earlier. Uh, the power's back on. You know, that a Browning incident he posted. They're going to have 1 o'clock in the afternoon wrestling soup anniversary show tomorrow. Uh, him, Draper, and Joey. So no show tonight. It's on tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And I'll definitely be calling. I'm sure you'll be calling in, Drew. I know all the podcaster friends and fans of uh, soup will be called. They'll be taking calls, I think, for the afternoon. So it should be fun. Oh, I'm going to look forward to that. Should be fun tomorrow. And uh, yeah, I got to talk to Mish uh, earlier. He's doing okay, but they're having power because the grid is so overwhelmed from people staying home. I think, and I think the same thing happened to me with the system. It's it's being really put to the test, where you got everybody online and on all these gadgets twenty four seven. And I think eventually something's got to give. I felt it, and now Mish felt it in uh, his city tonight. So again, this might be something in the Northeast. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, hope you know. Hopefully, um. Well, I mean, what you just said, everything's kind of clearing up now. Um, but, yeah, look forward to that tomorrow, you know, Wrestling Soup 10th Anniversary Special. Um, and I'll definitely, I'll, I know I'm tuning in. I'll know I'll be calling in. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, happy happy 10th Anniversary of Wrestling Soup. Um, Absolutely, yeah. He, you know, head on over to their social media, Twitter, Facebook. Show them some love. Uh, you know, and, and they also put up like a... Uh, a thing on SpeakPipe where you can leave a voice message on like three different questions. So I, oh, already, cool. took, okay. I already took care of that. I don't know. I don't know if you did it, Kev. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question. Uh, is it true that uh, John Scandato got on because he's the brother of famous Kevin Castle Scandato? <laughs> just just, just answer under under an assumed name. My- and and I'm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that question and then go. I already have the answer. The answer is yes. Thank you guys. Have a good evening. Uh, that was it. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm probably, I'm gonna probably do that tomorrow. No, no, we, we, we totally picked John out of a hat. No, but that, and again, most seriousness, I'll, I'll say I'll give my brother a, a shout out. And uh, and again, I think people, if the one thing that you guys will always have to know, and there's Phil by the way, and shout out to John and Maurice and Oli Mario, Sean, everybody who's listening, Phil's with us now. In the tail end, Phil's probably What's taking up, pictures. Phil? Uh, um, I think that my brother and me are always going to defend each other. We're brothers, and that's why uh, you see you see sometimes with Draper being defensive of me, me because we're brothers, and no one else really has to deal with that in podcasting. I hope everyone understands that. Uh, picture your brother in something, and he's getting into something with somebody. Of course, you're going to take his side, or he's going to take up for you. But we all are a group together. I, I want to make it clear that we'll have little spats here and there, whether it's me and DT or DT and Draper or, you know, whoever and whoever. But I think if, as long as everybody comes together and things get squashed and we do what's best for the shows, things should be cool. I mean, Lord knows uh, I could speak for me and my brother and say that we don't really want things to just but we're not mama queens. We don't want to, you know, we just want to enjoy this. What it is. My brother uses this too as an escapism. He's going through a hard time right now too. So to I could speak for me and my brother saying right now, this podcast is a these podcasts are a lifeline for us. They mean a lot to us. So the last thing we would do is uh jeopardize them. Uh but I think also being tense as a situation, you know, overly passionate shit comes out, you know, dogs start barking at my door and <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, you got to see what I'm in. I wish I wish I could show you what I'm going to do after this uh, thing because I'm going to run at the dog like you wouldn't believe. Uh, I'm going to do it. Right, I'm going to do it right now. Hold on a second. Hold on. Kev is getting rid of the dog. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> I, he ran. He ran his ass up. You know. I mean, listen. I'm. 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 Five, I'm five nine, two sixty five. But I look like that door. Um, Jesus Christ. But uh, <laughs> he ran, she. It's Kaylee. Is her name? She ran her ass off. Oh my God! The fifty yard dash up those steps. I can be. I can. I. I just had enough. I mean, I love animals. You know me. I love animals, but I just had enough. You know, I just had enough. But again, um, uh, you know, thank you to everybody. Thanks for having me. Fantastic, on a personal level. Sean has been a real friend. Uh, all you guys, Phil, Mary, all you guys, I shout you guys out all the time, and I'll get to talk to all you guys eventually. I think everybody will make the loop where I call each and every one of you. Um, tomorrow I got a plethora of calls to make. Sean is included in that mix. Um, so Sean could tell you his experience. Yeah, talking to me on the phone. Uh, <laughs> That'll be fun. And then, uh, Drew, I talk to you all the time, so it wouldn't be anything for me to call you. I can talk to you now. Um, yeah, sure. But, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's so funny. Someone said to me, oh, you think Don Tony will ever do it? I'm like, Don Tony doesn't even call me. <laughs> he ain't calling any fans, but but again, 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 it's it's uh it's it's not so. It, listen, I don't think I'm gonna start some sort of you know thing where everyone, you know, Jason saw everyone's gonna start calling. But know this: if anybody does start doing this, because we all know that I'm very underrated, underappreciated in this business. Uh, so if anybody starts doing this whole thing, you see any podcasts are doing that, just go right to their page and say you are ripping off Kevin Castle to make sure they know it. <laughs> And I know if Phil will take a picture of it and show it to him. Phil, take a picture and post it on their page. Give Kevin Kev, came up with this idea long before you. Give Kev his goddamn royalties. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, also, I think a lot of people won't. It's true. Most people say, oh, I don't know if I want people to have my phone number. I don't know if I want to have my address. So, again, I don't care about that. And also, you got to remember, I so many bands have my information. Like 50,000 bands have my stuff. And my, my phone number is posted on most social media pages. I have numbers. Don't get me wrong. There's one number nobody has. So I have the number that people are getting or the, the same number that the bands have when they book and stuff like that for the clubs and, and other people. But I have another number that's completely separate that's just for specific friends and family. So even if I got in a problem, quote, unquote, with that line, I have my other phone and I just changed my number. It's no big deal. You know? Yeah, it's exactly. all good. But, but uh, once I start my new... Uh, uh, TV show with Phil the promote. Me and Phil are gonna start up like a Monster Hunters uh, TV show. <laughs> Phil wants to make Phil wants to, Phil wants to make a movie, but I told Phil I don't make those kind of movies. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Phil, uh, Phil, I gotta know about this. <laughs> uh, well, Phil, 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 Phil the promoter me should be a natural fit because Phil he's Phil the promoter. I'm Kevin the booker. A booker and a promoter are like the same. We're like two dinosaurs, but two different types of dinosaurs. But it's basically the same thing. You know, a promoter, a crocodile, it's, it's the same thing. 
Phil knows what I'm talking about. So he's worked with bands. I work with bands. He's worked with talent. I work with it's the same. So we could be famous friends. We probably could have war stories uh, for days about uh, music and bands and stuff. So uh, that's a natural fit right there. If he was Phil, the insurance salesman, I probably could relate him as well. So com- coming soon <laughs> this summer, one's a booker, the other's a promoter. <laughs> Fill the, uh, fill the, uh, like, yeah, if he was like, fill the accountant, like, it probably wouldn't be the same thing. I mean, no, no, no offense. I mean, Trez is an accountant. So, actually, you know, the funny thing is, Draper and DT do the same thing for a living. They both work in insurance places. Mm-hmm. Did you know that they have the same job? Oh, no, same yeah. job. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Trez works in, Trez works in accounting. They all, they all work in, uh, billing and money. You know what I mean? Yeah, those are pretty hectic jobs. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty high, but that's pretty cool. You work so you got, you got a lot of cop friends. So Drew, anybody messes, you, you can plant some drugs and you get, you get them taken away, right? You got no problems. Uh, no comment. Drew <laughs> <laughs> Giuliani had an enemy. The the key word is had an enemy. I had. He's been taking. He's, I had. He's been taking care had. of it. He's been taken care. Of. <laughs> he's been taken care of. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. He's not a he's not a problem anymore. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. Hey, listen, I have friends who are problem solvers, but I don't want to call them. That'll be a very bad thing. So uh, I try not to to uh, utilize that friendship. Then you owe them. That's even worse. So you just hello goodbye. That's the best friendship you can have with those thugs. So that's the way I kind of keep it. But Stork really doesn't learn his lesson, does she? Jesus Christ, she's back at my door now, being defiant. She's like, oh, he's back on the podcast. I'll go back to the door. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Sean, Sean says I have to be for what I said to uh, Trez. Uh, see what happens to Dan. By the way, Trez's fiance is uh, a, per- a great, great guy. I've met him a few times in real life, and I book his uh, cousin's band uh, often. His cousin Anthony. Uh, so again, I have a, a really, and ironically, I booked JD from the Oaks Brothers band, Frankie, who mm-hmm. plays in a band called Leisure. Lee does the intro for JD's. Uh, podcast so if you're in a band and you're in new york you have a six seven degrees of separation with kevin castle you know me in some way shape or form if you play music in this town you i have worked with your brother sister cousin so it's so funny if anybody knows anybody in a band who's a podcast or as a relative in a band in the tri-state they know me so that's the funny thing i'm not such a mystery because pretty much everybody knows me so it should be fun there's a dog on the computer that's what it looks like right now actually i just <laughs> let her in here let but uh, thanks again, Drew for, having, Drew, for having me on. I go eat breakfast now because I haven't even had breakfast, let alone dinner. Because um, this is my uh, this is like my early morning time, so I'll be up till six o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, I'm I'll, I'm a night owl, so we can I guess we can talk later. Well, don't you have you have to go, still go into the office, or you working from home now? Oh no, uh, well I'm I'm essential, quote unquote. Um, oh, okay. I, I, I work the night shift, which is uh, forty five to forty five. Oh, okay. Oh, so, so you're the night shift. The night shift is not bad. I would see if I worked a job like that, I'd want the night shift totally. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good shift. It's you know, it's not too late and it's not too early, so I enjoy it. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big night shift guy. If I, like I said, if I have to get a real job, quote unquote, definitely be night shift. Yeah, I mean, and I, I was lucky to to have that shift kind of fall for me whenever I did interview, but um, any, oh, any it's good. I, I, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up. I know we did, did a solid two hours and ten minutes. I think, fifty minutes. Uh, two twenty-three, but a lot of that was uh, was waiting. 
Okay, yeah, just edit out the nice stuff I said about my brother. Just edit that stuff out. Uh, I'll, I'll just make it sound like you were saying <laughs> bad things. John Draper <laughs> yeah. doesn't doesn't do. Yeah, that. no, actually, uh, I'm gonna actually hit him up in a, in a few actually because I gotta talk to our mom. So and uh, so I gotta hit up Draper on a personal First level. So he just reminded me. Actually, him up. he's 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 another one who doesn't answer his phone. So uh, he doesn't answer. His phone, so it's so. so always a problem, man. All right, yeah, yeah. Tell tell John I said, hey, you know, I hope you guys are doing okay. Does he ever on your show? I'm sorry. Has John been on the Drew Yari show? He was on two years ago. I've been trying to get him back on. Um, so yeah, ho- hopefully I can get him back on pretty soon. And Trez was on not that long ago on your show, right? Trez was on a few months ago, right? Yeah, Trez was on sometime last year. I'm forgetting when. This year, I thought she was on a couple months. So, okay. So I'm trying to I'm trying to remember when the hell that was. Well, also because with her new job, you know, her hours, you know, she yeah wasn't really able to get on as much. So I don't know. Again, I'm 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 really trying to get everybody on. You know, it's, it's always fun to uh-huh. guess on. Joey, but you never had uh, Anthony on, right, Don Tony? Don Tony, oof. Uh, I don't, even, I don't even. That's think a hard Don get. That's a that's a that's a hard get. That's a hard get. I was gonna say I don't even think Don Tony. I've never even seen Don Tony on another podcast before, except I th- except maybe Soup. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, you know, we kind of teach their own, but uh, I always enjoy going on uh, other people's shows. I, I find it more fun. I, I can't stand my own show, so I want to go on other people's shows. I'll go. I, I want to be a professional. To be honest with you, my my next move, if if the other things don't work out, is to be a professional. I'm always on someone else's show. Like I'm just always moving and shaking. Like I, I'm going to be on every every podcast is my goal to be on every show. You just want to you just want to cameo everywhere you can. Yeah, no, but in all seriousness, I, I hope uh, again. I have to to my brother about it, and I maybe even talk to him about it as I'm discussing my mom. Uh, talk to him about again, uh, me and him doing up, you know, getting exclusive here, uh, me and Draper doing a mainstream podcast. Mm-hmm. I'd love it to be, I, I, I don't see it being under DT's flag at all, not at all, uh, but I possibly see it being under the wrestling soup flag, possibly, and if not, uh, another outlet. I mean, we'll, maybe we'll, uh, maybe Jason will carry it. Uh, I would love that. Uh, but, and also, I know Mish has so much going on. So, again, it's to be discussed, but I definitely want to pursue that. And I think all you guys here in the chat would, I dare I say, if I'm, tell me if I'm talking out of term, but wouldn't everybody like see me and Draper do a podcast together? I mean, a regular mainstream one, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, we're doing our own thing, uh, you know, and I'm going to talk to my brother about it and see, and I know he's got the time too. And if we don't do it now, when would we do it? Um, so I'm going to have a conversation with him about it and see what he thinks and see when, what day it would make sense and how we do it and what we would call, you know, there's a bunch of things to talk about, you know? Yeah, that, that's that, that. That sounds like money. That's a money podcast right there. No, no, it it is, and I'm and and I'm not saying that other people haven't run a bias, but my brother had gotten busy and stuff. But now, with with his layoff and and undetermined time of when he'll go back and how his thing will change, and my situation, same thing too. And if anything, almost like a pilot, like you know, like a TV show is a pilot, and you just throw it up there to see if people like it. I think we should do an experimental pilot. Uh, and we've teamed up on Super 4, we've teamed up on DTKC, but I'm talking about a show with me and him that it's our show. 
We're not filling in for anybody or guest hosting on the Tonight Show like Leno did for Johnny. You know what I mean? I'm talking about Kevin and John. It's it's our thing. And uh, I think it would be the time the strike would be now while we have everybody's attention. And uh, again, I just wanted to kind of see what the what the thought process was out there. But I would I was going to be shocked if anybody said, nah, I don't want to hear that. It's almost like, like, am I really expecting anybody to say they wouldn't want to hear that? But I was just curious if, if anybody thought it would be, it should be a mainstream show, not a Patreon show. Would everyone agree with that, that that should be a mainstream show? Would, I mean, I'll ask the chat now, anybody who's in the chat right now. Right? Uh, you agree, right? Um, more of a mainstream show. I agree. I think my brother, my brother's paid his dues where he should be mainstream thing with me and lord knows you know like i said i do cast crowns canty i got my i got my nice little thing i'm doing for patreon this is something else and also i, I think my brother needs to catapult uh, on a regular basis to a mainstream thing on something that's his too because like i said soup is always joe and mish and john is is like the third free bar. john's a member no doubt but soup is joe and mish just like dtkc is me and anthony anybody who fills in that's fine but you always want to kind of have your own thing you know what i mean Yes, like the Drew Yari show would be would be great if Sean hosted it, but then it would be the Sean show. It wouldn't be the Drew Yari show. <laughs> I mean, it, it might even be better. Uh, no, I'm, pl- I'm playing. The Sean Yari show. The Sean Yari show. <laughs> Sean, Sean Yari. Sean my, Yari. My long you, lost. You guys could be work- <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah, you got you guys. You guys could be uh, worked, working brothers like Jimmy Jack Funk and Terry Funk. They weren't really brothers, but nobody questioned it. You guys could be like work brothers. So like the way we're brothers, if ever needed to know, yeah. Sean, you're fi- you're you're filling in. Um. Sean <laughs> doesn't want to host anything. Maybe Scott will host. Uh, Phil, the pro- Phil, I always wonder if Phil's a good talker. I'm dying to talk to Phil because I want to see if Phil's got the chops to do a podcast. Uh, see, yeah, exactly. Phil, Phil, I gotta we gotta talk, Phil. I gotta see if Phil's got the the bridge, and uh, Phil can Phil can host the show. That'd be yeah. fun. I mean, listen, if you have the chops, anybody can host the show. I mean, you just got to, you know, have content to talk about and, and, a, and a non-shyness of, of speaking out to people. You know what I mean? Some people are, are – some people freeze – I've seen it happen to some of my friends who I thought would be amazing on podcasts, and they totally froze up. But it happens, you know. It, 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 even on an audio show, you could – you kind of – you got to have to put to the side how many people are listening to you and just talk to the person that's talking to you. I had to do that when I first got on the show. I had to kind of freeze that out too. I had a little bit of uh, uh, what do you call co-host block, what have you. But then I just got really com- I got really comfortable. I don't know if you had the same thing when you first started your podcast. You just felt like you were talking to one person instead of a mass amount of people. I don't know if psychologically, like, does that? Did you ever have like that kind of thing of fear of putting stuff out there, or you were comfortable right from the get go? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, for the longest time, so I'm, I've always been a very introverted person. Like I'm, I'm very quiet. I'm very shy when I go out. You know, I just keep to myself. This, you know, this is my outlet. This is my outlet to pretty much talk about, you know, the, you know, the shit I like, you know, the shit I don't, like, which I really just talk about more the shit I like. And this kind of helped me kind of get over that kind of, you know, that shy, that shyness and that, you know, introvertedness. I mean, so I'm still introvert, but this has kind of helped me be a little bit more, more talkative in some aspects. But, yeah. you know, you know, off of this show and you, you, you know, you hear this off podcasters you know this is our persona when you know when we're not recording when we're not talking on here we're just ourselves we we're close back to our our you know our assumed identity which is you know you know when i'm not drew yari i'm andrew cody you know when you're not kevin right. castle you're yeah. Ken Scandato. You know, 
Don Tony says mm-hmm. is it says it at length where off the show he's not Don Tony he's Anthony right you know? and, and, I mean it's kind of like being a superhero it's like putting on a cape and then when you take off the cape you're your assumed identity you know what I mean it's absolutely true and uh, you know uh, and I've always been pretty good because I have to talk at clubs and stuff I don't I hire hosts I don't really announce at my shows I my friend Mike is that's his job but I've when Mike has been sick and stuff I had to introduce the bands and I had to do the verbiage so uh, I don't really have any fear of public speaking, but I have to get on the radio and say something with these people who don't know me because when I'm in a captive club, I feel at home there, and people out in the audience, I know most of them. I know the bands who are performing. I feel like they're supporting me. But when I first got on the show and I was always on the hotline, and I would say to Anthony, how many people you think are listening at the hotline? would be like, yeah, 100. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I, you know, and half these people are probably waiting for me to screw up so they can criticize me. So you have to kind of get that out of uh, – your system and now it YouTube nasty comments don't even phase me anymore. To be honest with you, it doesn't even bother me. So that's why, like, uh, uh, it used to bother me. It doesn't bother me at all anymore. Not at all. And most people, I would say, ninety percent of people are supportive. You get like ten percent feedbacks because you know they see a picture of the big tattooed up guy, so they want to talk shit to him. You know, because I was like some nerdy guy or whatever, it wouldn't be a challenge. But again, even before when I disagreed with JD, you got to have one guy who's got to try and test me because he want to be a tough guy because he wants to impress his blow up doll girlfriend. So it's like, <laughs> you know, you know, again, it's like, dude, just be cool. All you have to say is, hey, Kev, I disagree. Oh, you think you think you're tough? You know, fuck you and the Don Tony Kevin Cow show. It's like really over. What? Where's that coming from? You know, what I mean, it's it's not like really is that is that how you'd approach me in real life? No. So, but again, but you go to a profile, they have two friends and it's just like, wow, man, I feel bad for that person. I almost, they have my, they have my sympathy. They really do. They have my sympathy. You know, if you can't get two people to follow you on fucking Twitter and you're on since September, 2017, what the fuck, right? What the fuck? Holy shit. You need a fucking dog or a friend. Jesus Christ. They can be friends with my landlord's dog. But the dog, the dog wouldn't even follow. No, but you know what I'm saying? Someone's on the Twitter for three years and they have like three friends or three followers. What the fuck is that? That's weird, man. You yeah, must have really turned off a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Your landlord's your landlord's dog probably has a no, was it five thousand followers? Oh, I, again. So again, you consider the sauce. I mean, it's never a real person, but you know, you would like everybody to be civil, but unfortunately, it's not like that. I mean, I'm sure every now and then, Drew, you're one of the nicest guys in the game, but I'm sure every now and then someone tries to be a dick to you. I'm sure it happens. Mm-hmm. You know? I've been doing you know, it. I don't know how you handle it. I handle it. How do you, how do you handle, really it? handle it? I, I handle it. Oh, you don't really you just handle don't respond? It. I mean, it's yeah. just, it, it, it kind of what you just said. You know, if your profile picture is, is of an anime character and you only have 20 followers and, you're, and you want to call yeah. me a, and you want to call me a bitch. Why am I going to respond yeah. to you? you know exactly. I mean? And it, it it goes for anyone else. Like, you know, why why am I going to waste my time? And it, you know, because this person is just trying to get a rise out of me. That's what I look at it as. And why am I going to respond back? Well, it's funny. One time, I I used reverse psychology on a, a troll who follows me, and it's a <laughs> cartoonish person. And the person said, "I always disagree with you." I don't even know why I follow you anymore, Castle. That's what he says to me. <laughs> and I write back and I go, 
I go, that's too bad because I just liked one of your posts for the first time and I thought what you wrote earlier was pretty cool. And the guy sends me back a smile face and then writes to me and says, hey, I'm sorry about what I wrote because I gave him attention in a positive way and I thumbed up a post of his and all of a sudden I, I turned the uh, you know bitter, jaded a-hole into, oh, Kevin likes me? Like, oh, he liked my post. I didn't do that. Oh, I take it back. I'm sorry. My bad. So it's like, I, I, I swear to God, he sent me back a big smile face and then wrote me a message in private saying that he doesn't dislike me or anything. He just, sometimes my opinions are not his and he, he's not trying to be a dick to me or anything because I, he wanted that positive attention from me. And I said, oh, that's too bad. I just liked your post. So you don't like me. And I, that was true. I had actually liked something earlier that he posted and he didn't see it. And then when he saw it, he felt like a jerk. So I said, so, so I used kind of reverse psychology. I'm like, oh, that's too bad. I agree with you earlier. And he was like, and then he writes me. And I says, some of these guys are just looking for attention or girls or whoever they are. You know what I mean? Whoever they are and behind the camera or whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. That just happened uh, the other day. I didn't have to block them. I didn't have to block them or anything. I didn't even, I just used reverse nice psychology. It's, oh, it's too bad. I agreed with, you wrote a cool post before. I gave it a thumbs up. He looked at it. He said, oh, you did. I'm sorry. My bad. So, again, sometimes you can kind of diffuse them. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Um, but, yeah, we're going to bounce out of here. Um, Kev, yeah, I know. We're I trying can. to get into the four-hour mark. <laughs> uh, uh, by the way, Drew, 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 I did that to you on purpose because you had said to me we only had uh, a certain amount of time. And I said I'll only go two hours. So I tacked on a half hour on purpose. Well, let me cool because I also have an extra show, which I actually call Yari Extra. So, but um, Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, it's. I just did a second that with Joey last week. So. But um, oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, man. Again, you're always you're always welcome back here. Just uh, and also again, if uh, you want me for anything besides the show, you know, just let me know, dude. I'm and I'm and I'm there. Cool, cool, definitely, man. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Drew, for having me, and thanks everybody for sticking around in the chat. Phil, next time, show up on time before we go off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Sean. I, Sean, Sean, I'll give you a call tomorrow. Uh, Scott, send me your number. I'll put you in the call pool. Anybody else, too? Maurice, everybody. Uh, Mario, you're still a son of a bitch. And uh, thanks to everybody who uh, stuck around with us, man. I appreciate it. I'm going to go get something to eat. Drew, you have a great night. And uh, I will catch you later, buddy. All right. Take care, man. Take care, man. All right. Peace. All right, man. That's... Uh... Two and a half hours with Kev. More than I can bear. I'm playing. Uh, it's always fun having Kev on. I might, you know, I might want to. I want to ask him to be on next week. I don't know. We'll see. Um, next week I will have a random guest on the show. But uh, thank you to everyone that showed up. You know, newcomers. Uh, uh, Barrett. Uh, let me see if I'm saying this right. Adi Machis. Adi Machis. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, King Cell ninety six. Oh, Scott. Then you're, you're Scott. I'm sorry, Scott. Uh, Mario, Maurice, Phil, promoter. You need to be on time. I'm playing. Uh, Punk Enigma, Sean, as always. Uh, Sean, if I don't show up next week, you're going to have to take my spot. <laughs> you're going to have to take my spot, Sean. There's there's no other way around it. You're already signed to a contract. I'm playing. But, uh... I'm playing. But, uh, yeah, take care, take care guys. Um... <laughs> We'll we'll talk about your pay, Sean, after we get up there. But um, 
Yeah, yeah, thank you guys for showing up. Uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, appreciate you guys for the downloads, the plays, the love, the retweets, everything. Let's, let's see, uh, Wrestling Soup. Wrestling Soup's not doing a show tonight. And, oh, thanks, Scott. Uh, Wrestling Soup's not doing a show. They just announced. Um, so they'll be doing their 10th anniversary show tomorrow. Which, uh, tune into that. 10 years of soup. And I know, I know I've been saying this at length. And, you know, I don't want to make it sound like I'm blowing, you know, soup too much, which I kind of am. But, uh, <clears throat> um, if it w- I, you know, say this, if it wasn't for Wrestling Soup, uh, there wouldn't be me. There wouldn't be a Jiri I wouldn't have this show. Um, I wouldn't have been able to meet people that I've met and, you know, be friends with the people I've been friends with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I can, I'm glad, I'm proud that I can call you know, Mish, a friend, you know, Draper, a friend, you know, Joe, a friend, and, you know, not talking this about me, it, you know, it allowed that friendship and that partnership, you know, to bring more eyes and ears to my show. And again, I'm not trying to make this sound like I'm making this about me. I'm not, I'm really not. Um, I'm just, I'm, uh, again, I'm just, I'm happy I can be friends with those. And I can call them friends, and they can call me a friend. So, you know, happy 10th anniversary to Sue. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, support them. Uh, go to their Patreon. Just five bucks. Uh, Miss John, you know, John Draper and Joey. Uh, Don Tony, Cabin Castle Show. I mean, he already plugged himself. I'm going to plug him again. I'm gonna, I'll put him over. All I do is put over people, and I don't get it, and I get nothing for it. Gifts. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> but, uh, DTKC... The, uh, the day after, uh, or what the fuck was I even going to say? You damn well better, Sean. You're on payroll. But, um, uh, DTKC, it's always after Monday Night Raw. Um, you can catch them either live on YouTube or on here or Mixler. And, uh, you can go to their Patreon. And, uh, one of the shows is KNT Chronicles. Well, not KNT Chronicles. Is it KNT Chronicles? Chronicles are just KNT. I, I forget for some reason. But uh, it's a KNT with uh, Kevin and Trez, who's a good friend of the show, who uh, I've been dying to get back on the show. And then you got Wrestling Court with Julian and Rob. Um, just did a show with uh, Julian not too long ago. And they got Texas Podcast Massacre. Uh, just did a show a couple months ago. Or, yeah, a couple months ago. Uh, if you're a fan of horror movies, you know, look them up. They they do their job. They got the Trademark Show with Tyler, a good friend of mine. see who else uh brian brian bk with you know he's got the b show and he's got he also has a horror podcast on spreaker so look those up um and then you got ruben prime another good friend another good friend of the show and if i'm forgetting anyone i'm sorry uh support everyone's podcast support anybody if you're a fan of something if you're a fan of, you know, pottery, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure there's a podcast about pottery. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. Take care of him, man. And I will see you here next week. Five o'clock on the dot, young man. <laughs> but, um, uh, support everybody's podcast. And, uh, you know, social media, you know, find me, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are all the same Giuliani show. So I will be back next week with Sean, <laughs> with Sean Kenter as my host. Oh. But, uh, anyways, take care, guys. Much love. And I will always show 
as quickly as I can. If I don't have time to upload tonight, I'll upload definitely tomorrow. But uh, take care, guys. Peace.